And my name is Jenny. And my name is Ted. My name is Gray. And, and this, this is Animorphology Live! The Invasion, The Visitor, The Encounter, The Message, The Predator, The Capture, The Stranger, The Alien, The Secret, The Android, The Forgotten, The Reaction, The Chain, The Unknown, The Escape, The Underground, The Decision, The Spoke, The Departure, The Single Discovery, The Proposed Threat, The Conspiracy, The Reception, The Deception, The Suspicion, Resistance, The Unexpected, Sacrifice, Diversion, and The Beginning. Hey everyone, we're bringing you something a little different this week, a lightly edited version of our recent YouTube live stream. If you want to watch as well as listen, you can find a link on Animorphology.com or search YouTube for Animorphology Cast. We'll be back next week with Book 36. We have a book with us today. <gasps> it's so shiny. It is. It's beautiful. Uh, what book is it, Gray? It's Alternamorphs, The First Journey. It does have a subtext thing, and it is, you have been chosen. You are the sixth Animorph. Are you ready? I'm already annoyed because there are six Animorphs. They are not counting Axe. Why are they doing that? They're very rude to Axe. What it's makes this worse terrible. is that Axe is right there. <laughs> he's right there. There are seven yeah, faces. There's, you know, he's, he's right there. Uh, it's possible they meant that Axe isn't an Animorph yet what? when this takes place. But he's, he's right there. I know. I know. I know. Maybe right, he's going to be the seventh Animorph. Great. You need to answer Can the I... question. Are you ready? Are you? I Maybe. You know what? I think you're not ready because I think you don't have the one extra tool that you need. <gasps> okay. To move forward with this. What tool so, do I need? Uh, you remember Jeremy, of course, our guest on episode nine and Megamorphs three. Yes, I do. Yeah. So he couldn't join us today. He was very sad. But because he didn't want you to be deprived of his sage advice, sure. he made you an assistant. Ah! Here, here is your assistant. <laughs> uh, Yay! Here, here, you can hold it. Thank you, Jeremy. We... Called these cootie catchers when I was little. I mentioned this to a friend and they were like, What? Uh, so apparently, some people just call it fortune tellers, but cootie catchers is the real name. Amazing. My options on the top are um, asterisk, viscer, help, and morph question mark, <laughs> which I'm not sure how useful any of those are going to be. But And of course, if you need more help than this cootie catcher can provide, <laughs> which I don't we know have why you would. All these wonderful viewers here that you can check in with. <laughs> Hello, please help. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm very worried. <laughs> it's okay. I'm pretty sure the only outcomes in this book are good ones. You're lying to me. I would never to my do that. Face. Right to my face. Can't believe you'd accuse me. Can of this. I read the back cover? Yes. Yeah, yeah, let's read get it into out it. loud. Okay. We can't tell you who we are or where we live. It's too risky and we've got to be careful. Really careful. So we don't trust anyone because if they find us, dot dot dot. Well, we just won't let them find us. The thing you should know is that everyone is in really big trouble. Yeah, even you. You're with us when we head through the abandoned construction site. You help us decide whether we really want to accept the power to more. You're there when Visser 3 destroys Elfengor. But not all of your decisions are the right ones. You'll probably make mistakes. Just be careful not to expose yourself or the rest of us to the Yerks. Ooh, er. oh, um, because our so secret terrible. can never be discovered. And now you are one of us. Can we trust you? Are you ready to be an animal? Do I get to start from the beginning? I guess we're maybe about to you find do. Out. This is so exciting. All right. We're going to make different choices. <laughs> <laughs> this is I really your dream. I really hope the yeah, first really choice is. in the book is go home. <laughs> do not go to the construction site. <laughs> Why are you cutting through an abandoned construction site? You are children. Stop it. <laughs> So the way we were thinking this would work is uh, Ted and I will trade off and one of us will read to Gray what's happening in the book and the other will uh, stay in touch with you guys on the chat. And then once it gets to a decision, Gray will have to make a choice. You guys can help her out. 
But Gray is going to start reading. Gray is going to read the introduction. I'm going to read the introduction, which starts, Okay, listen up. It's Jake. You probably already know what's going on here, but just in case you don't, here's the deal. Rachel, Tobias, Cassie, Marco, Axe, and I are five kids and one alien out to save the world. No, this isn't a joke. It's real. About as real as you can get. Real enough for screaming nightmares about the things you've seen and done. Accurate. Uh, Because sometimes the stuff you see in the movies, the stuff you thought could never, ever happen to you, well, it can happen. It does happen. I've seen it. I can't tell you my last name or where I live. There's an alien invasion going on right here on Earth. But I'm not talking little green guys with ray guns. I'm talking a much smarter way to conquer a world. Just invade people's brains. Okay. I'm not nuts. I've seen it. And because of that, my friends and I were given a special power, the power to morph into any animal we touch, to acquire its DNA. It's the only way we can fight the Yerks. That's what they call themselves. We have to find a way to stop these slugs that get into people's heads and make them slaves. But things have gotten worse. We need backup, a new Animorph. We've tried this once before and it didn't work out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> bit of an understatement, understatement there, buddy. <laughs> At all. We're going to try again. So if you're interested in joining us, let's go. Just remember not to read these missions like a normal book. Check out the instructions and follow them. Yeah, right. Uh, you get to choose your morphs, but I'm warning you now, choose them very carefully. Excuse you. <laughs> you first. Choose them very carefully. Ridiculous. I mean, you chose a lizard. Like, that's like the best morph you can think of, right? Yes, and they have used that very often. (laughs) Uh, You have to deal with the consequences. They can either help you or get you totally annihilated. This isn't a game. It's serious stuff. So if you can handle it, turn to page one. Oh, one more thing. Good luck. You'll need it. You'll need it. You'll be fine. You'll be totally fine. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, no, let's do it. I would just like to say that when he said things have gotten worse and we need backup, a new Animorph, apparently he means we need a new one from the beginning. Yes. I don't... Fine. <laughs> Whatever. And you said they never use the time matrix. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chapter one. You know you shouldn't be doing it. You were supposed to be home at least 20 minutes ago. It's getting dark. The smart thing to do... The only thing, really, <laughs> is to ride your bike along the bike path like a uh-huh. law-abiding citizen yep. all the way home. Uh-huh. But you don't. You're an off-road cycling freak. That is not true. <laughs> so you head... This book knows you. I think it would know. <laughs> so you head for the construction site across from the mall. I do. How many times have you been told not to do that? Like a million. It's dangerous, your mom says. Deep pits filled with water, cinder block obstacles, dips, and downhill runs. In other words, highly cool. What? Yes. Last Saturday, you chose a spot. Do you remember doing this, Greg? I'm sure you do. And yanked away the worst debris. You made this sort of single track loop. It has a killer rolling dip and a log made out of cinder blocks that you can jump. I 100% did not do that. Yeah, no, you did. I was. I saw you. I was watching. <laughs> when you're on it, you pretend that you're racing in one of the mountain biking clubs. Your mom won't let you join because they're too dangerous. For a 13-year-old, I guess. Sure. Too dangerous? Just wait, Mom. Have I got a story for you? Only I can never, ever tell you or anyone else. Anyway, that night, there you are, going around and around the track faster and faster. There's just barely enough light to see. Out of the corner of your eye, you see some dark forms moving. You stop your bike, a little nervous. You think it could be a band of homeless men who live here. But then you recognize kids from school. Kids you know. Jake, Marco, Cassie, Rachel, and Tobias. You don't know them that well, except maybe Marco. Your favorite. (laughs) He sits next to you in science and makes jokes under his breath all during class. Mm -hmm. Thanks to him, you're barely breaking a seat. 
spray. Marco, (laughs) you think about yelling, hey, but you don't want to scare them. And they look like such a group somehow. You didn't know they were all friends. You feel a little bit left out, even though they didn't see you. You aren't terribly swell at making friends. (laughs) (laughs) That's because I am from the 20s. (laughs) It's tough to be from the 20s and the 90s. Maybe because you spend most of your time riding around and around a makeshift track. Yeah, that's and probably it. Because you're from the it. 20s. Yeah. yeah. The group moves away and you keep circling the track, trying to get in some killer laps before dinner. You're rounding... It's before dinner? What? Okay. okay. You're rounding the track for the last time, flying over the cinder block log, when you see it, a light. It's moving fast, way faster than an airplane or helicopter. And you'd have to call the light blue, even though you don't think you've ever seen that shade of blue somehow. It's a blue that is almost white, and yet it registers as more blue than any blue you've ever seen. What? That doesn't make much sense. No, it doesn't. But neither does the light. (laughs) (laughs) You stand there, your mouth open like a fish, and watch it come closer. You see that the light has a shape. It's like an egg with two stubby wings. The blue light is coming from a shaft at the end, you know, like an egg has. And suddenly you get <laughs> you get what it is. It's a UFO. You know it. And it isn't because you watch the X-Files. It's because every hair on your head is standing on end. I don't remember an egg-shaped ship. Was the... Was the... Uh, I guess it was like roundish shape? with the tail. Because it had a tail. Wings. Yeah, well, I guess this is an egg with a tail. Uh-huh, famously. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Instead of running away like a normal person, you run toward it. Note that it doesn't give you that choice. It yeah, just tells it you just you tells do that. You keep out of sight behind a tumble of masonry and cinder blocks. That's when you see Jake, Tobias, Mar- Marco, Cassie, and Rachel. Rachel's hair is standing straight out from her head, so at least you're not alone. Your heart pounds as the UFO lands. The kids huddle together. You can't hear them, but you know they're wondering what to do like you are. Then you hear Tobias's voice. Please come out. We won't hurt you. I know. The voice was in your head. You didn't hear it with your ears. So he just thought speaking to like everyone in the vicinity. Yeah, he did okay. a, a broadband. Wow. Uh, unconscious. Marco and Jake exchange glances. Tobias looks at Rachel. They all stare at each other wide-eyed. They heard it too. Tobias asks if the voice will come out. And he replies, yes. He warns you not to be frightened. You peer through a crack in the half wall. A creature steps out of the ship. For a minute, you think of a ballet dancer. I just want us all to remember the cover of Visser right now. Ballet dancer. (laughs) Sometimes they're very strong. Which is crazy because this creature has hooves, four of them, and blue fur, and four eyes, two of them on little horns that come out of his head. Would you like to demonstrate how those eyes move, Gray? (laughs) Gray has a dance that she would like to show you. When when Andalites are looking around, they, they look like this. It's a beautiful dance. Thank you, Greg. A head with no mouth. No wonder the guy talks to your brain. Oh, and the tail. You can't keep your eyes off it. Or rather, the long stinger on the end of it that looks as though it could do some serious damage. Okay. Okay. Here's the funny thing. You're not that scared. Not really. First of all, there's a nice solid wall between you and the alien. And somehow you suspect he won't harm you. You're right, you hear in your head. What? you read your mind? Okay. So you can come out. You don't have to hide. You gaze around wildly. Yes, I'm talking to you, he says. And that part about not being scared? Forget about it. Now you're terrified. Okay, so you might think that there would be a choice for whether to come out from behind the wall or not at the end of this chapter, but there's not. 
We're just going to chapter two. What kind of choose your I don't know. Chapter? I think they need to give us some more yeah, choosing I opportunities. Have a fortune teller. I, I know. We have like people who are ready to help you. All right. Here we go. Ugh. Chapter two. Protagonist confirmed for having a crush on Elvigar. <laughs> you step out from behind the wall. Uh, Joy suggested that maybe the protagonist of this book is a person whose name is you. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, Marco says. Another alien. Let the games begin. But his voice shakes a little, and you know he's scared too. You stand next to the others. The alien stumbles a bit and then falls, and you realize that he's hurt. I am dying, he says. Then he tells you about the Yerks, how they've invaded Earth by taking over humans. How their slug-like bodies invade people's brains. It all sounds crazy and terrifying. You're relieved to hear that the Andalites, which is what the creature calls himself, are fighting the Yerks. That means somebody else is taking care of it. You don't have to worry. Yes, you do. (laughs) He is the last Andalite, he tells you. It may take a year before the rest of them return. By that time, the Yerks will have taken over the Earth and all its people. What? You blurt out. That's impossible. I have seen what they are capable of, the Andalite replies, and you turn stone cold at the way he says it. There is one thing he can do to help before he dies. The Andalite directs Jake to fetch a small blue box from his ship. Jake looks a little nervous, but he disappears inside, then reappears holding the box. The Andalite tells you that he can give you the power to morph into any animal you choose. You just have to touch the animal to require its DNA. <laughs> Did it say require? <laughs> <laughs> editing continues to be bad Hooray. you just have to touch the animal to require its DNA you've got to be kidding Marco says you can't believe it either it's way past wacky way past <laughs> unreal seriously what, what year is this suddenly no you see red lights in the sky Rachel sees them too Yerks, the Andalite says. The hatred in his voice is like a living force. Sorry. Yerks! <laughs> he calls the ship's bug fighters. Hurry. You place your hand on the box next to the others. Six hands, and then the Andalites. You feel a shockwave run from your fingers up your arm into your body. It doesn't hurt. It feels nice, like a warm buzz of comfort. But then a third ship appears alongside the red lights. It is larger. Blacker than black, it is like a piece of a starless night sky. It is a strange shape. Jake says it's like a medieval battle axe. Rolling out from its surface is a feeling that you can only describe as evil. You've never felt this before, but you know what it is. Go now, the Andalite warns. They cannot find you. And remember, you can only stay in Animal Morph for two hours, or you will be trapped in your morph forever. Now go! Visser 3 is with them in the blade ship. Run! Tobias stays behind for a moment, but the rest of you take off. You feel the urgency and the power of the Andalite's order. Suddenly, you see your hand glow. You realize that your hand is in the circle of white-hot light coming from the ship, a searchlight. You snatch your hand back out of the light and run. With a burst of strength, the six of you leap over the half wall. Your knees hit the ground hard, but you hardly feel the pain. Now the searchlight from the ship illuminates the dying Andalite. The bugfighters slowly descend. There is nothing you can do. Nothing. You watch as Visser 3 exits the black blade ship. You see the creatures, called hork walking weapons with blades growing out of their wrists and elbows. They serve as hosts for the Yerks. 
and then the enormous spidery taxons. Spidery? Evil creatures who willingly... Spidery? Honestly, that would be way worse. I'm glad they're not spidery. <laughs> Evil creatures who willingly allowed the Yerks to take over their brains in horrible bodies. Fear grips you. You've never known fear like this. A hork comes close. So close you could toss a stone and hit it. That's not that close. <laughs> How far can you throw a stone, Gray? I mean... Accurately. Yeah, I, well, all right, but like... Pitcher's plate's a home base. <laughs> you hold your breath. You want to scream. You want to run. You have to get away. But you feel something warm seep in, like a curl of warm water swirling around you. Oh, not that. The Andalite has sent you courage. I wet my pants. You need the courage. Because you have to watch him die. Aww. In a sneering voice, Visser Three calls him Prince Elfangor. He morphs into a creature more horrible than the Texans. Taller, bigger, with teeth three feet long. Their points are sharp as daggers. The fight is horrible. Already dying, the prince fights bravely. You can see there is no hope for him. And there is no mercy in Visser Three. Cassie covers her eyes. Rachel stares straight ahead, her eyes blazing hatred. Visser Three opens that deadly mouth with the teeth like steel spikes. Jake almost springs to help, but you help Rachel pull him back. No one can help. At the very last moment, you turn away. You can't bear to see Prince Elfingor die. Not like that. But you hear it. You hear the scream in your head. It is more awful than anything you've ever heard. Tobias leans over and gags. The nearest Torquebajir turns at the sound. You see his eyes rake the darkness. You know he is listening. You don't know who springs up first. But suddenly you can't contain the terror any longer. And you all take off. Running as fast as you ever knew you could run. Split up! Jake yells. And you veer away from the others. You know the construction site pretty well. The prince had said that Hork-Bajir don't see very well in the dark, so you hug the shadows. You can hear one of them behind you, his blades whistling through the air. He is very fast. You stumble over a piece of rusted equipment. The Hork-Bajir is close, closer. He can't see you, but he can hear you. You stop. You press yourself flat against the wall behind you. A chunk of the wall falls off, and you catch it in your cupped palm. You break out into a sweat, imagining the sound it would have made had it hit the ground. How the hork would turn. How his blades would flash in the air before tearing you apart. Wait. It's a trick you've seen a million times in movies and on TV. Would he fall for it? <laughs> then again, do hork watch TV? <laughs> Didn't we already establish you have a weak throwing arm? Come you on. grasp the stone in your fist. With your best effort, you draw back and fire the thing like a fastball. Way off to the right. You hear the soft clunk as it falls. The hork whips his horned head around and takes off after the sound, bounding like a kangaroo. A kangaroo? <laughs> you run in the okay. opposite direction. Your lungs are on fire, but you keep going. You vault over cinder blocks and debris. You swing over half-built walls. You get to your mountain bike oh, oh. and swing one leg over, there and then the you really fly. End of chapter. No choice. Okay, so okay, I think we should check in. Yeah, Get a tetanus shot? Because... <laughs> chapter three. You wake up the next morning, go to the doctor, get a tetanus shot, shot, and then return for the rest of this right, chapter. <laughs> I do want to check in. Is there anything you would have done differently before this? I mean, this whole take your bike home on the well-lit bike path yeah. versus go ride it in circles around but, an abandoned You have to imagine. Yeah, you're an off-road cycling freak. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, I think so you, far... you do get a choice at the end of this chapter. Okay. All right. Chapter three. You wake up the next morning feeling groggy. It was a dream, of course. A totally freaky dream that felt totally real. The worst nightmare you ever had. 
If you told your mom about it, she'd probably suggest counseling, which would be a good idea. Yes. You can hear the vacuum going outside your door and you feel better. Vacuuming is so normal. How can people go on vacuuming when horrible alien slugs are invading their brains? Great question. You peek outside the door. Your mom is vacuuming. And your little sister runs out in a pink dress. Wow, it's just like, let's make the women really, like, you know, traditionally feminine. Vacuuming pink dress. Okay. How's this, Lexi asks. Fine, Mom says, without even looking. Oh. You remember that Lexi's birthday party is that day. That reassures you, too. Yesterday, a six-year-old's birthday party would have been lame. Today, you think it's just about the coolest thing in the world, because it's normal. Your mom sees you. Can you keep an eye on things here, she asks. I have to go to the store and pick up the cake. You're picking up the cake, you ask? Your mom never buys a store-bought cake for birthdays. She's a city planner and works constantly, but she also has this thing about home-baked cakes. Because she's a woman who does it all. Emily is coming over to help. And after the party, we're going to a meeting tonight. Oh, no. (gasps) Mom tells you, can you babysit? Sure, you say on the way to the kitchen. Babysitting beats dodging aliens, you think. Not that you dodged an alien with killer blades coming out of their wrists and elbows last night. No way. It was a dream. You chomp away on cereal. What kind of, what what kind cereal, of cereal is it? What cereal is it? It's Wheaties, obviously. Okay. <laughs> you chomp away on Wheaties, totally says in the book. Uh-huh. But it tastes like sawdust. Well, That's a lie. Wheaties, yeah. No. Uh, you keep hearing Prince <laughs> Elfinger's dying scream. You remember those dagger teeth and what they did to him. The spoon clatters in the bowl as your stomach heaves. You bend over, your face buried in your knees, and take a deep breath. That's when Marco walks into your kitchen. Really? (laughs) Really, you don't have to bow, he says. A simple Lord Marco will do. Shut up, Marco. (laughs) I love Marco. This is very Marco. Uh, Very funny, you say. I felt kind of dizzy for a minute. Marco slings one leg over a kitchen chair. I'm sorry, didn't we establish in... 22 that he doesn't do that only david when he's uh, in marco's body also how That's short true. is that kitchen chair <laughs> i think over the seat not oh. over the back it isn't every day you see an alien prince turned into mcfood he says so it wasn't a bad dream you mutter not only that it gets worse marco tells you while you've been snoring we've been morphing what what time is it okay you stare at him no way way he says tossing his longish hair behind his shoulder I- I have been designated by our fearless leader, Jake, to recruit you. Okay, a lot happened. A lot happened. How late did you sleep? Okay, teenagers. I tell you. So far today, Tobias has turned into a cat, Jake into the family dog, and Cassie into a truly awesome horse. Okay, I remember those. That's kind of nice. I don't believe you, you said. You say. Yeah, I didn't want to believe it either, Marco says, shrugging. Considering that I'd like to remain alive long enough to get into an R-rated movie... But apparently, everything that Prince Alpha Diddle told us is what? true. Marco. Yeah, that's kind of rude. Um, he just died. Yeah. He got eaten. Uh, which means, like McFood, Marco already said. Um, get it together, Marco. Which means we're all in big trouble. You mean there might be controllers around? You whisper. Yeah, so stop talking so loud in this kitchen. Closer than you think, Marco says, reaching for a banana like Jake's brother. Okay, didn't they find out about Jake's brother, like, in the afternoon? Did you sleep until five? Okay. Yeah, there's a party that afternoon. What's happening? (laughs) When I told Jake I thought Tom was a controller, he went postal. I have the jaw to prove it. Marco rubbed his chin. I do not remember Jake punching Marco. I think that might have happened. I don't don't remember exactly. Are you going to let Marco have that banana? (laughs) 
I mean, he's about to turn into a monkey, so sure. <laughs> he needs it more than you do. But it's the little things you notice. Tom just hasn't been acting like Tom, and he goes to this meeting called The Sharing. It sounds totally bogus, but we're all going tonight. Jake says you should come, too. At least it'll get me out of babysitting, you say. How is that going to get I'm you out sure of I'm not sure how. You still have to babysit. Yeah. Uh, Marco peels the banana and begins to eat. Wow, he didn't even ask. Suddenly, he bends his knees and lopes around the kitchen, making monkey noises. You stare you at him. You called it. Amazing. <laughs> Just kidding, he says, grinning. I don't have a monkey morph yet. Just want you to stay on your toes. Okay. Marco leaves, and you start thinking about what he said about controllers. If Jake's brother Tom could be one, so could someone in your family. What about Mom? She bought a cake for your sister's birthday. Sure, it wouldn't sound like a big deal to most people, but you know how weird it is. She hardly noticed Lexi's party dress. Plus, didn't she say something about going to a meeting? Oh, no. What if mom is a controller? And if she is, how can you find out? Okay. You decide to try your first morph and attend your sister's birthday party undercover. This is a stupid idea. But you could attend it as yourself. Right. Okay. You have three choices. Okay. Okay, you choose. Here we go. A fly. No. Your sister's pet hamster. Also no. Or your weird next door neighbor's pet ferret. Wow. <laughs> okay, people. Let's Dre review. Needs let's review help. our choices. Yeah. Fly. Fly. Hamster. Ferret. Yes, those are your only choices. These are terrible choices. Yes, I'm gonna put a post-it for this page in case we want to go back, just in case you regret your decision. I mean, now I'm remember, I do ever would. If you want, I can tell you what. The, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. viewers. Tell me, tell me what, what, our, what our friends are saying. Yeah. Looks like we have a vote for Ferret from Savvy42, a vote for Fly from Joyce. Uh, Bee Fruit also says. Ella ferrets. says, Who wouldn't want to be a ferret? John says, Fly. No one likes the hamster. Polargeist says, call. Ferrets. Okay. Aaron says, Start with the option that involves trespassing and possibly breaking <laughs> and entering. I think that's the ferret, yeah. <laughs> okay, when you put it like that. Uh, Joy says that you can trust her because she knows what the results <laughs> of the, uh, the choices are. <laughs> Claire wants to know if the ferret is invited to the party. <laughs> yeah, how is that going to be more undercover than just being there as the Katie says attendee. absolutely ferret. All right. Does Lexi like the ferret? That's that's the but real question. You're, you're going to go to the birthday... Why are you going to the birthday party as a... Unfortunately, not morphing is not one of your options. All right, let's go It's ferret. not called Alterna Not Morph. Okay. <laughs> All right, you're going to okay. ignore Joy's advice. Okay. I am. I'm sorry, Joy and John. Uh, 25. I'm pretty sure the fly is going to get me squished a lot sooner than anything else. All right. Chapter 6. Okay. You've always liked ferrets, and it's pretty <laughs> cool being one. You can't see very well, but your hearing is quite excellent, and you feel so happy, playful as a kitten, but friendly, like a dog. Wait, did you already acquire the ferret? Apparently. You leap up on an ottoman, twinkle across the back of a sofa. Twinkle? Being a ferret is fun. It wasn't hard to get the morph. You waited until Miss Humphreys went next door to complain. She left the back door open, and it was easy to slip inside <laughs> and pick up one of one of the sleek, furry creatures. Oh, it happily curled up next to your chest while you acquired its DNA. You shrank rapidly, your body turning sleek and supple. You grew fur and whiskers and tiny claws. Why are we getting this all in past tense? Why don't we just see you do it? As soon as you morphed, you wanted to yeah. play with the three other pet ferrets. They were confused to see you, but they sure. came over to sniff you, then chased you around the room. The back door slams. Miss Humphreys stumps back in, a ferret draped across her chest. 
She looks at the ice cream cake (laughs) in her hand and shrugs. She dumps it into the kitchen trash can. Empty calories, she mutters. (laughs) Not necessary. How dare. Is that a controller thing to say? Or is the ferret lady even weirder than you thought? Everybody likes ice cream cake. Exactly. (laughs) You curl up under the sofa so that she won't notice she has one extra ferret. (laughs) But she doesn't pay attention to her pets anyway. Another ferret brushes against her legs. She doesn't pick it up, doesn't coo at it, doesn't stroke it. Weird or standard operating procedure. The phone rings. Miss Humphreys snatches it up. Yes? A pause. Yes, I'll be there. No, I won't attract attention, she says, sounding irritable. No more than usual. This host is apparently an eccentric. (laughs) This host. She's a controller. You shrink back under the sofa. You hear a creak above you as she sits. You see her feet in thick-soled loafers. She doesn't move. And doesn't move. What time is it? How long have you been in the morph? You only have two hours. You watch as a shadow moves slowly across the floor. How can you get out of the house without her noticing you? Okay, this was a dumb decision. <laughs> the shadow touches the toe of her shoe and she gets up. Time, she mutters. She stumps around the room and you creep forward to watch. She slips into her coat, picks up a nearby canvas tote bag. She starts for the door and opens it. You can sneak out. You dart forward, but she suddenly spins around. Ferret lady, she murmurs, travels with a pet all the time. And before you can move or react, she reaches down and sweeps you up in one hand. She pops you into the tote bag. She zips it partly shut. You can stick your nose out, but that's all. You're trapped, and the clock is ticking. (laughs) All right, this is a dumb decision. Ms. Humphreys (laughs) tosses the tote bag in the front seat of the car. You hit your head on the door handle. The car jerks forward. You try to work the zipper with your paws. No go. How long do you have left? You can just barely see the car clock. Twenty minutes. Too close for comfort. The car stops. Miss Humphreys slings you over her shoulder. You poke your nose out. You're in the beach parking lot. She's going to the sharing meeting. At least the rest of the Animorphs will be there. Miss Humphreys plops the bag down on the sand. She trudges off to speak to a knot of people by the volleyball net. Get out. Ten minutes left. You wheel your nose through the opening. How do you know that? Thrashing your head to widen the gap. The zipper gives a bit. Not much. Not enough. You hear Cassie's voice nearby. And then you remember that you can use thought speak. Do you want to read your line? Cassie, Cassie, it's me. I'm in ferret morph. What? You hear Cassie say. I didn't say anything, someone replies. You realize that Cassie can't thought speak back. And she can't talk out loud or it will look suspicious. Cassie, I'm in a tote bag lying on the sand. I can't get out. My morph time is up. I think I'm near the volleyball net. Help. You hear the scrunch of the sand. You see bare brown toes. Cassie's concerned face suddenly looms in your vision. Is that you? She whispers. It's me, hurry! Cassie unzips the tote and casually tucks you under her arm. She strolls up toward the dunes. Almost there, she murmurs. She climbs over the dunes and sets you down. She looks around. Okay, hurry! You don't need her to tell you. You concentrate, and you feel your legs getting longer. The fur on your skin grows patchy. Your ears grow rounder. Your tail shrinks. Cassie wrinkles her nose. Ew, that's the worst morph I've seen so far. (laughs) Okay, one, just wait, and two, I'm now naked. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint you, you say, glad to feel that you have a mouth. I haven't had much practice. I'm sure you're standing there naked, you're not disappointing her. (laughs) Rachel appears over the dune. It's a party. Hurry up, guys, she says in a low tone. Jake is going to morph into his dog, Homer. 
Dogs and cats and ferrets, you say, suddenly feeling hopeless. What a bunch of Phoebe morphs. How are we going to fight this or three with those? What morphs? Dogs and cats and ferrets, you say, suddenly feeling hopeless. What a bunch of Phoebe morphs. Phoebe? How are we going to fight Visser 3 with those? Was that slang in the 90s? Something fierce flashes in Rachel's eyes. You glimpse something you've never before seen in pretty popular Rachel. The girl is a warrior. You're naked, Rachel says. That's not what she says. You've got a point, Rachel says. She should have said that. Okay. All right. So we didn't get a choice at this point. Oh, man. Okay. I, I would just like to share, so there's been some speculation on the chat that, like, wouldn't a controller eat the ice cream cake? Because, you know, human experience. That was Claire's suggestion. And then John said it was oatmeal ice cream cake. Can't be eaten. Canon. Okay. And then there were lots of thoughts about Phoebe, which is, you know, a, word a ridiculous maybe. word. Okay. Chapter 7, apparently. <laughs> Things happen way fast after the meeting at the beach. Too fast. Jake morphs into a lizard. This is too fast. Jake morphs into a lizard and spies on Mr. Chapman, the assistant principal. He yeah. finds out that one of the entrances to the Yerk Pool is in your very own school. Right. Every Yerk has to visit the pool every three days in order to soak up Candrona rays. When Jake fills you in, I guess you're hanging out with them now or something. You can't believe it. The whole thing sounds nuts to you. Mm-hmm. But since your life has suddenly turned crazy, every word rings true. Rachel has taken your complaint about Phoebe morphs. <laughs> And run with it. The plan is to collect wild creature morphs at the gardens. Since Cassie's mother works there, you can get behind the scenes and try to acquire some truly fierce DNA. Excellent. That is, if you don't get caught. You meet up with all the others at the gardens. Okay, Cassie says, after you get your admission tickets, just stay close. You follow her into the main building. It's been fashioned into a rainforest with animals in their natural habitats. Cassie leads you through an unmarked door. You stop, confused. Suddenly, you're in Industrial City. That is capitalized, what? by the way. Gray walls, concrete floor. After the sights and sounds of the rainforest, the contrast makes you dizzy. Oh, is it like behind the scenes? Yes, of the- yes, oh, yeah. okay. This does Cassie not- points to the doorways. These lead to the exhibits, she explains. You nod, but you can't quite imagine opening one and popping in to say hello to a tiger or a grizzly bear. Yeah. Smart, yeah. How do you guys feel about gorillas, Cassie asks. You think she's kidding. But she hands Marco an apple, and before you know it, he's actually touched this huge gorilla called Big Jim. He acquires his <laughs> DNA. This, why don't they call Marco Big Jim I know. when he's in this morph? I am 100% going to start doing that. <laughs> this gives you all courage somehow, because gorillas are the same as tigers. Uh, one of you came close to a wild creature and survived. I say we head for the big exhibits, Marco says. We need firepower. You start to head toward the big creatures. But you hear a whirring sound. A golf cart is headed your way. A security guard. In the behind-the-scenes industrial city of the zoo? Yes. Okay. Split up, Cassie hisses. She takes off with Tobias and Rachel. Jake and Marco are already running. You'd think you would get a choice, but you don't. What do I do instead? You, You spin around and run back the way you came. I guess you're alone. Okay. You hear the golf cart behind you, and you fake left and go right. The carters are amazing. That was really tricky for the person in the golf cart. <laughs> They're like, oh, they went right. Okay. The carters are amazed, but this helps you. Before too long, you've lost the guard. Now what? You wish Cassie were here to tell you what's behind the doors. You open one cautiously. That is such a... T- what if it's a... T- why would you open the door? Just get out! You know, for 
a choose your own adventure book, it's really making you make a lot of bad decisions. I'm sorry, Gray. Okay. I don't even get to make the bad decisions. At first, it's true. It's true. You does. Uh, at first, all you see are treetops. <laughs> you does is an idiot. <laughs> the door opens out onto a little ledge concealed by leaves. It is high above the habitat of the animal, whatever that animal is. You peer down. Something moves at your level and you jump back in alarm. A giraffe is almost eye level with you. Useless. I don't want that. It turns velvety brown eyes at you and blinks long eyelashes. Beautiful. Useless. I don't want that. (laughs) Hey there, you say softly. You shake the tree branch a little. Somewhere you've read that giraffes feed on treetops. Not that it's obvious or anything by the length of their neck. Uh, You don't think they attack humans. You hope. The giraffe takes a delicate step toward you. It passes by you, so close you can smell the dusky fur. You put out a tentative hand and touch its flame. No, I don't! It's a giraffe! The giraffe stops moving. So this is it. This is the trance. You've already done this! I know, you've already done this with a ferret. Also, it doesn't even say you tried. Okay. So strange that you can put such a large, strong creature to sleep. You close your eyes and concentrate. When you're done, you pat the giraffe gently. Thanks, you say. You slip back inside the corridor. That encounter went so well that it gives you confidence. No, you're... (laughs) No, it doesn't. I'm not that dumb. You is. You continue down a sloping ramp. When you come to the next door, you open it and slip inside. You're in a savanna. Dry trees, sand. Hot, but a dry heat. You don't see the animal at first. You hear it. Okay. I don't know what this sound is going to sound like, because I'm not sure what animal it is, but I'm going to give it a shot. (laughs) It's a frog. (laughs) I don't think it's a frog. The cry raises the hair on the back of your neck. It is close to human. I mean, was that close to human? No. Okay. The animal is... Wait, 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 wait. It's, um... All right, yeah, you want to guess? It's a hyena. Ooh, okay. The animal is wavering on long front legs. The fur is sandy-colored and coarse... You don't think you've ever seen an uglier animal. Oh, where She should be down by now. I don't know, long front legs. A voice says, Quickly, you crouch down behind some food bins as the door opens. Two white-jacketed workers come in. Takes a few minutes, the other one says. We better wait till she's completely out. Are you kidding? I wouldn't go near a hyena otherwise. Good job. The other man says. He peers into the enclosure. She's down. Okay, that's totally cheating. There was a tranquilized hyena? Yeah, come on. Okay, let's go. The vet's waiting. Oh, darn. I left the stretcher by the elevator. Well, I'm not staying here alone. What's wrong with this The two workers exit. You creep toward the sleeping hyena. Just as you approach, it opens one eye. (laughs) It looks deadly, like a shark's. As if your only worth is for food. What a weird sentence. It's too late to run back now. Instead, you gather your courage and brush your hand along the creature's side. This is a good morph. The eye closes. Hyenas are terrifying. Your touch, combined with the tranquilizers, has made the hyena pass out. You concentrate. Why do you always concentrate after the trance starts? This is weird. As soon as you're done, you run away. Fast. Mm -hmm. When you close the door behind you, the white-jacketed workers are heading towards you with a stretcher. Hey, one of them calls. Stop, the other one says. They toss aside the stretcher. They start to run toward you. You could wait and think of a story, but it seems easier just to run. Why does it not give you the choice between those options? There's no choice on this page. This is is hardly even alternomorphs. It's just morphs. We're just reading to you a story. You do get a choice in three pages. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. 
Chapter 8. You sprint around a corner, straight into a security guard. Whoa, he says. Two strong hands grip your arms. Where are you going? <laughs> the workers come up behind you. They're both out of breath. Try to break in to the hyena habitat, one of them says, gasping. The grip tightens. So what's your name, kid? You think about telling the truth. Okay. Well, not the whole truth, but at least saying that you know Cassie's mom. The only trouble is that might get Cassie in trouble. Yeah. And it could bring too much attention to the others. Uh-huh. So you say nothing. He frowns. We got reports of vandals in the park. Come along with me. Yeah, he marches you down the corridor into a small waiting room. There are two policemen there. <gasps> Great. Just what you need. I know you were called about a disturbance by the snack bar, the security guard says. <laughs> but... No name here was caught sneaking into the animal habitats. Your name is you. Come on. Yeah. The taller policeman sighs. Obviously, he doesn't want the burden of some kid. Sure. Let's move, he says. They keep you between them as they march you outside to a loading area behind the snack bar. A police van is parked there. On the side of the van are the words, canine unit. Okay. Strange thing for a kid to be sneaking into animal cages, one of the policemen says. They aren't cages, the other one says. They're habitats. (laughs) Whatever. Sit here. The taller policeman puts a hand on your shoulder and shoves you down on a bench. And don't think about moving. Princey and Gale won't take it too kindly. Two German shepherds bound out of the police van and sit in front of you. One of the dogs bears its teeth. Okay, that's not what canine units are for. (laughs) They're for guarding teeth. Stay, the policeman says, and moves off to go talk on the van radio. You've got to get away. In just a few hours, you're supposed to meet the others at school to invade the Yerk Pool. Your only choice... That's the reason you've got to get away. Your only choice (laughs) is a morph. No, it's not! (laughs) But what's the best way to get away from the cops? You have to make a choice fast while their backs are turned. You, You choose a hyena. Okay. A canine police dog. A giraffe. (laughs) Are all the choices, what do you morph? Is that the only kind of choice here? (laughs) I think it might be. Okay. We've got got one morph hyena, one giraffe. Joyce says hyena. We ignored Joyce last time. How did you think the uh, ferret went? I mean, I think if I had chosen a fly, I would have gotten squished. So I haven't died yet. I'm feeling (laughs) confident. All right. Someone says the doggos, uh, giraffe, police dog, giraffe. Police Police dog blends in. Yeah. Um, a giraffe does not blend in. And also, what are you going to do in a giraffe? Like, Timber where Wolf, are you going to go? Timberwolf, biased person, by the way. <laughs> Suggests furless mover for the doggo. <laughs> Shockingly, Lauren says the dog. Yeah, okay, let's go with the with the dog. Like, it's a new, you know, I get to... Joy says the hyena is a delight. <laughs> I, I think a hyena is a very good battle. <laughs> um, but I don't think that the, I necessarily want to battle. I think I want to... Get out of there. Okay. okay. So I'm going to go with something that blends in. All right. I actually, this would be a great time to morph into a fly. Yeah. Sadly, I don't have that morph. Right. (laughs) They didn't give you fly or ferret or hamster because I guess you would get to this path for whichever one you picked. Okay. Doggo. All right. All right. Go popper. You reach out and touch the canine dog Princey's coat. The dog closes his eyes. You concentrate. Again, weird order. The police have their backs to you. It's now or never. There's that strange sensation again of bones crunching. Things growing that shouldn't be growing. You touch your ears and feel fur. I'm I'm sorry. So the plan right now is sitting on a bench in the middle of the zoo, surrounded by people. that you can't morph. 
Wearing clothing that you can't morph. You're going to morph into a dog, and I'm going to morph into a dog and run away? Yes. Definitely the plan is not acquire the canine units so that they're sleepy and then run away and then while run they're away distracted. While they're, okay. No, because that's that not is the what choice. I thought. Okay. No. Okay, just checking. Just want to okay. make sure I know where we are. So you touch your ears, you feel the fur. Uh-huh. You suddenly drop down on all fours and notice that you have paws instead of hands and feet. And the smell! You smell everything. Okay. Food, people, animals. It's overwhelming at first. The other dogs cock their heads and look at you curiously. Sure. The one called Princey smells you and howls. After all, she's smelling herself. That is completely differently from how yeah, Fluffer McKinney how, reacted. Yeah. yeah. The two policemen look over. Hey, Seidel, the taller one says. Thought you only brought two dogs. Must have loaded a third. Hey, the kid is missing. And this dog is wearing clothing. It doesn't say that part. <laughs> They rush over. You stand alert, tail twitching like the other dogs. Oh, You're not no. just a dog. You're a cop. You have discipline. <laughs> Dude, poor <laughs> It's a good morph, you tell the, tell yourself. In a minute, they'll give up on a harmless kid who stuck a toe in the wrong habitat. Big deal. It's not like you're a big, bad criminal. They'll load you in the van, take you back for, to the station, and this you can take off from there. Plan. How are you going to take now off from there? You're a dog. The okay. This isn't good, Finley, Seidel says. We're supposed to be on alert, Finley answers, frowning, especially for kids. Especially for Why? kids? Wait, here's a shoe. One of them has spied your sneaker. Should have been obvious. The dogs can track the kid. He holds the sneaker under your nose. Scent roars in. Your scent. The other dogs smell, then strain at the leashes. We'll keep the one offline. See what happens. Billy says, okay. What plan is this? Um, yeah. The two dogs take off and you follow, your nose to the ground, then in the air. Incredible. You can smell yourself. Run in another direction and then, then morph back. You're a cop. You have discipline. You can follow the air currents, know where you walked and stopped. The dogs follow your trail to the admission booth. They circle and you do too. Of course, you know which way you went. You go in the opposite direction, but the other two take off down the sidewalk. Darn. You're not following what your own trail. You're following your reverse trail, right? Plan okay. here. There is no plan here. Okay. You bound up behind them while the two cops hold the two leashes. Why didn't you walk on the sidewalk? That would have confused the scent. Instead, you had stuck to the grassy part near the curb. What? The dog can smell your trail easily. They've picked it up, Seidel says. He sounds relieved. More relieved than he should sound, since he's only tracking a kid. Chapman says, at least one of the kids infiltrated the sharing meeting, Finley says. I thought he was there, and I was like, (laughs) I see, I'm with you. The policemen are controllers! Who could have seen this coming? And they'll follow your scent straight to your house, to your family. Did you walk here? Wait, what? Okay. Question. Yes, what is your question? Okay, one, they definitely had to take a bus to get to the sharing. Yes. Two. Or to get to the gardens. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Two, it, it... is the plan just find kids who are acting a little weird in this town that doesn't have that much to do and then, like, find out if they're the ones who are at the... Did they see the kids who were at the sharing? Although they knew there were kids at the construction site. Okay, but... Okay. Yeah, there's... Yeah. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reported that kid who was hanging around the dunes, Seidel answers. The others are going to pick her up. It won't be long before she's one of us. Oh, this is like the backstory. Oh, no. Cassie, she was the one who'd hung out in the dunes watching over Jake and his dog morph. Cassie was in danger. Rachel you have to warn too. her. 
Warn the others! Yes, good idea. The other dogs lose your scent. You almost lose it yourself. You're in a more trafficked area of town now, near the Civic Center that we've totally heard of before. Earlier, you had stopped at the Center Garage to leave a note on your mom's car. You said you'd be late for dinner, even later than you'd thought. You hurry past the garage, but the other dogs suddenly pick up your scent. They race into the garage. The cops follow, running after them. This isn't good, Seidel says in a low voice. You pick up his words easily with your dog hearing. This or three won't like it, Finley says in a worried tone. So we won't tell him. Yeah, there we go. The dogs lose the scent amid the oil stains and gasoline. They circle around, confused. But any minute, they could find your mom's car. The note you left still might be tucked under the windshield wiper. It wouldn't take the cops long to figure out who you are. This is your only chance. You leap forward, barking as if you've picked up the scent. You charge out of the garage. The other dogs follow. You know that you can't lead them completely astray. So you follow the route back to your neighborhood. Why would, Why you, do would you do that? Go Great. Back I'm to sorry. The I think you're making bad decisions here, I have to say. <laughs> you run flat out now so that the others have trouble keeping up with you. Why are you hauling? But you... <laughs> You haul so that the others have trouble keeping up with you, (laughs) but you make sure they keep you in sight. You get to the ferret lady's house and bark furiously outside. You circle the house and find the pet door. You nose it open and bound inside. You you live next door. What are you doing? Go back to the zoo! The cops catch up and pound on the door. The ferret lady answers it. But already you've caused a commotion. The ferrets are running crazily over the furniture. (laughs) The cat... Is hissing and spitting. She's a cat and ferret. <laughs> the other dogs add to the chaos. What is it? The ferret lady shouts over the din. We're chasing a kid. The cops try to describe you. Sounds like every kid in the neighborhood. The ferret lady sniffs. I don't care if Fisser Three himself asks me. I'll say the same. Poor ferret lady. So far, so good. You've confused them. Under cover of chaos, you sneak out the pet door again. You bound next door. You remember leaving a sweatshirt outside. After gardening <laughs> chores this morning. When did you do gar- Oh, that was a different day. Okay. You grab it in your mouth and race off. You take that sweatshirt all over the neighborhood, rubbing it against trees and sidewalks and grass. Oh, if you just hadn't taken the dogs to your neighborhood, you could have avoided this. Soon you see the cops and the canine dogs again. The dogs are barking, running from place to place, while the cops strain to hold onto the leashes. You keep hidden and watch the cops get thoroughly confused. They give up and you trot back home. Time is almost up. You morph back into human form in your garage. You hurry inside, naked, to call Cassie. (laughs) It doesn't say naked. But everyone has left already. If you rush to the school now, you could blow your cover. Huh. I don't know. Okay. There's got to be another way. Good point. This could be where they give you a choice, but instead, they're just going to commend you for previous choices. Good morph choice. Yay! You deserve to proceed. Good job, everybody. Page Thank you very 51. much. <laughs> Chapter 12. It's getting late, and you're freaked. Cassie is in danger. Should you head over to school to try to hook up with the others? You can't stay here while the other animorphs put their lives on the line. There's a suspicion that's been nagging at you. During the chase, the policemen looked very nervous at the parking garage. They muttered about Visser 3. What if something strange is going on there? What? It's only a little bit out of your way, so you decide to investigate the garage before heading to school. (laughs) The garage is used during the day for city government workers. Right now, it's pretty deserted except for a security guard. You duck behind a car and wait until he heads down the ramp toward the entrance. Uh 
You're about to explore when you see the guard wave in a large black van with tinted windows. Curious, you watch as the van heads up the ramp. Instead of parking, the van pulls up directly in front of the elevators. A group of people get out. You recognize Jake's brother, Tom. Controllers! Someone pushes a button to summon the elevator. You know you have to follow the group, but you can't stay in human form. Tom would recognize you. You have to try a morph. But what should you choose? <laughs> you have to make a decision fast. You choose oh, no. ferret or canine German shepherd. Okay, so my plan is to sneak into an elevator full of controllers. Okay. <laughs> um, ferret is smaller. Maybe might be able to get into the elevator without being seen. Mm-hmm. But canine maybe belongs there a little bit more. Wouldn't be so out of place. Um, any, uh, any suggestions from... Giraffe. <laughs> we have unanimous for giraffe. You can also ask your cootie uh, catcher. I oh, feel like we need to hyena, use some hyena. this. Okay, I'm going to use my cootie <laughs> no catcher. No one wants you to morph either of the actual options. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to go with... John uh, says, I guess canine. Um, B-fruit says dog. Is less suspicious, but choose ferret. Okay, and then I got, uh... A Rachel, a Tobias, an X, and a Tobias. So let's do this Tobias. What would Elfengore do? Um, <laughs> he would let himself get eaten. Elfengore would morph into uh, any other. Home. What do you? Let's ask. Let's ask every. What would Elfengore do in this situation? Yeah. What would Elfengore do? Joyce isn't voting because <laughs> we keep ignoring her. I'm sorry, Joyce. You're always right. I think that means it's more likely that you'll die this time because you can't just do the opposite. <laughs> Elfingor would be too weak to morph. <laughs> okay, excellent, if not particularly helpful advice, everyone. Thank you. Um, I get. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Ferret. <laughs> I mean, it's your choice. All right. <laughs> Let's. No one else is useful. Um, uh, Ferret. I mean, we can pick one of the options and then just say giraffe instead. Of- <laughs> Ferret, but you have to replace the word ferret with giraffe every time you read it. There you go. Oh, just go to the... Okay. You are concealed in a dark corner of the garage. You feel the ground rush up at you as your bones compress. Hair grows on your hands, on your face. Your nose twitches. Your body becomes very, very, very tall. And the giraffe mind urges you to play. There are so many things to investigate in this garage. Wonderful smells. Things to sniff from a great height. Sure. You wrench your giraffe brain under control. <laughs> Keep it to the wall. You get close to the group. The elevator dings and the first group crowds on. You slink closer. Do you dare, do you dare risk boarding the elevator? The lights on the elevator are bright and you'll probably be noticed. I am a giraffe after all. <laughs> Normally... Humans would scream if they saw a very tall furry creature in a small space with them. But you have a feeling controllers wouldn't care. (laughs) (laughs) And besides, you have no choice. Sure. You slink in between the legs of the controllers and also their torsos and heads. And head for the corner. The doors close. We have company, one of the controllers says. They all look down and then up. 
it's not a cat. Someone <laughs> it's not a dog. Someone you, you else meant they observes. looked up and then down. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Not a cat, not a dog. True, true. The controller who seems to be in charge turns and gives you a dismissive glance. Catch it. I'll throw it down the shaft. How? Wait, what kind of elevators do they have in this? You, you're going to throw it down the shaft. Your elevators have trap doors in them in case of uh, the invaders. Yes, the Texans <laughs> live in the elevator floor. Visitor 3 shaft. insists that all his rooms and elevators have taxons in the bottom of them. Busted, you can't react or they'll suspect something. Or they'll suspect something. Sure. Wait, Tom says. I've seen that animal. It's a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> Belongs to Humphreys. Maybe we shouldn't touch it. Chapman said to take no chances. All right. The other controller turned No back. chances with Already bored with the conversation. You're safe. For now. The elevator indicator. Wow, this giraffe morph went really well. Well done, the elevator everybody. indicator lights up the sub-level floor. It's as far down as the parking garage goes, except for the floor of the elevator with the taxons in it. Sure. But the controller hits a series of buttons, and the elevator doesn't stop. It keeps going down. The door opens onto a room that seems carved out of dirt and rock. Sheetrock is nailed up against the walls. You slink out of the elevator and follow the group into a concealed door that leads to an iron staircase. You go down, down, down. Your eyes adjust to the light, and your nose picks up the smell of dampness. You hear something, a comforting sound that reassures you for a moment, like waves against a shore. But then you hear the screams, human cries of anguish, suffering. I just sorry, very quickly. Somehow my ferret ears heard the laughing. Giraffe. giraffe ears heard the laughing of small waves against the shore before I heard the screams. Yes. Okay, yes. very good hearing. They're very loud waves. Uh, and you pick up a horrifying, horrifyingly familiar smell. Taxons. You don't want to see what's ahead. You don't want to move. Dread fills you. It's so much more enormous than being afraid of a test or the dentist. Just for context. You've only hesitated a moment, but the controllers have disappeared around a turning. You dart forward on your long giraffe legs. Mm-hmm. The first thing you get hit with is how huge the space is. It's huge even to you, a giraffe. It's maybe three times the size of the mall, and it's all completely open and carved out of rock and earth. There are still enormous pieces of earth-moving equipment down there, as though the space is constantly being expanded. You notice other staircases winding up and disappearing. There must be secret entrances all over town! The Yurks are much more numerous than any of you imagined. Mm -hmm. Then... Then you notice the cages. I am not a very observant giraffe. No, they are filled with humans and horpajir. Women, children, men. Some of them are screaming. Some of them just sit numbly. Taxons and horpajir patrol outside the cages. Occasionally, one of the horpajir lashes out with a tail blade and rattles the cage. The humans shrink back, and the yurt-controlled horpajir let out these huffing sounds that must be laughter. As you watch, one of the horpajir opens a cage and leads out a woman. She struggles, and the Horkbajir casually holds a bladed wrist to her throat. You have no doubt he would slash her in a second. The Horkbajir leads her onto a pier. It goes out over a pool that looks as though it's filled with moving sludge. He forces her head under the surface. When he jerks her head back up, you see a gray, slimy thing finish slithering inside her ear. Ugh. 
the woman doesn't struggle anymore. And then you see Tom again. His head is bent over the pool. The same slimy thing slides out of his ear. Immediately, he begins to scream. You can't hear the words, but you can imagine. The harpajir puts a blade to his throat. It takes three of them to get him to a cage and throw him inside. It doesn't. You feel sick. Sick to your bones. You can't fight this. You should turn around and go back up while you can. Wait to fight another day. You might think that would be a choice, but it's not. (laughs) Because it's hopeless. You didn't think it was possible, but you want to give up. Then you see Cassie. She's being held with the other humans, waiting for a yerk slime to invade her brain. Guarding her are two Horkbajir and a Taxon. Oh, this is worse than before. It's still hopeless, but rage fills you and sends your blood pounding, and you're ready to fight. How did Cassie get captured? At the police officer, remember? The chat is really um. excited about the reveal that the York pool has a wave machine. <laughs> <laughs> they go surfing uh. in their free time. Chapter 14. You scamper down the steps. No one notices you. As you dart nimbly across the floor (laughs) on your giraffe legs, you look like a giant, tall, long-necked mole or another creature of the underground. A breeze tickles your fur and whiskers. A breeze? Down here? You look up. A hawk has just flown over your head. It circles the air above Cassie. Tobias, is that you? Who is it? It's me. <laughs> I'm a giraffe. It's me, you. <laughs> cool, Tobias answers. We need all the help we can get. The others are about 20 feet behind you. We have to save Cassie. Keep an eye on her. I'll be back. You scurry across the floor toward the others. Hey, it's me. You call and thought speak. Look up. Marco almost jumps to the ceiling. Why did you have to pick? (laughs) Why did you have to pick a rat? He whispers. I'm not a rat. I'm a giraffe. I'm closer to a cat or a dog than a rodent. I like humans. I don't bite. Great, Marco mutters. A giraffe pretending to be a dog. Just what we need. You know, I can always make an exception with the biting thing you add. Yeah. (laughs) Jake... (laughs) Stands on his tiptoes to speak to you. If I were you, I'd morph back to human. You might need a better morph than giraffe. This place is crawling with taxons and hork All right, you say. But Jake, I saw Tom. He's here, in a cage. I saw him, Jake says tersely. His face tells you everything. You can't imagine how awful it must be to see your brother like that. You scurry behind a storage shed. Quickly, you morph back to human. Rachel pokes her head around the shed. You'd better stay here. You need to gather your strength if you're going to morph again. And you don't have any clothes on. We'll come back when it's time. (laughs) You lean against the storage shed and close your eyes. You concentrate on slow breathing, gathering your strength for the next morph. It's not long before the others return, but they've been spotted. What are you doing back there? It's a human controller. (laughs) It happens if they know your name. (laughs) Standing next to him is a Hork-Bajir, blade arms at the ready. A taxon stands on the other side, his spidery legs twitching. What? what? Red jello eyes glowing. <laughs> Did they not read the other They're like little toes. Suddenly, what kind of you notice something behind the guards. Rachel. Only it's Rachel with a long, long nose. A trunk. She's morphing into an elephant. 
A braying right noise there? fills the air as Rachel feels the elephant's power. She impales a hork on one tusk and steps on a taxon as though it were a spider. The human controller <laughs> runs away. Let's morph, Jake cries. You look over at Cassie. She's almost at the end of the pier. That gives you an extra burst of strength. You concentrate hard. You feel something grow out of the back of you. A tail. Your ears get round and your head gets big. Your teeth sharpen into deadly oh, instruments on. of terror. You're a fierce, hungry, and very angry hyena. And you and have no fear. But also... You start toward Cassie, but a taxon gets in your way. No problem. You rip into him with your teeth. He tries to bite you back, but you are such an efficient killing machine that he is dead before he registers the pain. Marco is now Big Jim, a huge gorilla. <laughs> Rachel is trumpeting a fierce call as she mows down another hork In Tiger Morph, Jake springs at a taxon. You own this place. Marco tosses another hork in the air like a doll. The rest scatter, so they are afraid of something. Marco is the only one with dexterity, so he heads for the cages to unlock them. Jake is already bounding toward Cassie. You start forward to help, but a hork heads for you. He swipes at you with an elbow blade. You spring. You tear at his flesh, then jump away. You strike again, this time for the vulnerable fleshy part near his head. Wounded, you, kill you expect him to fall back. But instead, he springs forward, his elbow and wrist blades flashing. Rachel raises a foot and stops. Thanks, you tell her. Another puny hork bites the dust, Rachel says. <laughs> she sounds positively bloodthirsty. Tobias swoops down and claws at the eyes of the hork who is holding Cassie. She breaks away and runs. Morph, you yell along with Jake. Now. Even as you watch, Cassie's hair grows into a beautiful mane. What? It streams out behind her as her legs extend, and she goes down on all fours. It is amazing to see. She was just captured by that they know who she is. She's going to morph into what? 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 I say we follow yeah, Cassie. This was the problem here, in the first Rachel one, says, "I'm right behind you." You say, "The people Marco have released are panicking, running toward the stairs." Horkbajir and Taxons try to round them up. You slip through them, running hard. Cassie and Jake leap over surprised Taxons. You remember that Horkbajir aren't great on strategy, so you fake left and then go right. <laughs> it's your, you sign- it's your, one your move. signature move. Later, I star in High School Musical. Every day I sing about fake left, go right. <laughs> Sailing over a long pair of wrist blades that try to slash you at the last minute. You gain the stairs. Balls of flame explode over your head. You <laughs> leap over a taxon who is aiming a dracon beam at you, straight into the path of Visser Three in his <gasps> andalite form. The hard, evil voice fills your head. Well, if it isn't a bunch of renegade andalites. He begins to morph into a creature tall as a building. Eight legs, eight arms, and eight heads. You can feel that. Even the hyena inside you feels doubt. You can't take on this creature. You can't escape, Visser 3 cries. (laughs) You filthy creep. It's Tom, Jake's brother. Oh, it's Tom. Jake's brother launches himself at Visser 3. No! Jake cries. He springs at the huge creature that is Visser 3, straight toward the eyes. He claws at the face. Which set of eyes? Visser 3 howls in pain. Fireballs explode. One almost gets Jake. Tom falls off the stairs. Jake, run! Cassie cries urgently. With a howl of anguish, Jake turns and heads up the stairs. Rachel begins to demorph as she climbs so she can fit in the stairway. You can't run, Visser 3 cries. Oh yes, you can. The stairway narrows. Visser 3 hadn't counted on your making it that far. 
in his huge morph, he can't make it upstairs. You run and you run. You break through the janitor's door and back into school. You keep on running until you're outside in the safety of the trees. And then you all morph back. You're safe. For now. What? You look at your friends and see the same <laughs> exhaustion on their faces. So Even Marco can't come up with a joke. Cassie puts her hand over Jake's. Rachel Aww. stares back at the school building, her eyes blazing. Tobias flies closer and perches on her shoulder. Aww. Wait. Wait, Tobias got out? You know that more terror lies ahead. You know that safety is now an illusion. You will never feel truly safe again. Uh Excellent morph. Turn to page 69 for your next animorph. Hey, I haven't died yet, you guys. I'm so happy. Tobias is in trouble. This is so confusing. Okay. Is this after? I guess you've saved Tobias. Yay. (laughs) You don't notice or care Tobias didn't morph back. It's, oh, sorry, you doesn't. It's, yeah, it's, you does not. It's very confusing. This He's, is why no one likes you. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you didn't get mentioned in the real first book. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's true. Uh, pizza for dinner, your mom says. Awesome, you say. It's a Saturday afternoon. You just returned from the mall. Sometimes... Wait, wait, wait. Are we going? Is this like... Are we diverging from canon now? Or are we going to go on to book two? Like, this is really I exciting. I don't know. We're only like, yeah, we're only like halfway done. There's some more stuff coming. Yeah. There's no choice at the end of this chapter. Why either. are there, were so few choices in a choose your own adventure book. Did they never read well, it a choose, say your, own choose adventure your own adventures? Book? It's just, just the one. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure the concept is you only get to pick what you morph, right? Like uh, so far. Yeah, that's, that's Which is pretty disappointing. But I've made two oh, out of three good morph choices. There's definitely something you could have chosen that would have been much worse. I'm seeing on a different page. Oh, okay. So you've done very well. Yay, I haven't died yet. Okay. It's a Saturday afternoon. You just returned from the mall. Sometimes you just need an ordinary day. You've been on plenty of missions with the Animorphs. Where? What? What? They forgot to mention you in all the books. Sorry, Gray. Your close calls have given you nightmares. You are living in a world with new rules. Sometimes you think you'll go crazy. Sometimes you want to go crazy. Living with stark terror every day will do that to you. So whenever you can, you try to do something normal. As much as morphing into an osprey might be fun, it isn't normal, not by a long shot. So when you called Jake that morning to ask if anything was up, he just sighed. I say we take a day off from saving the world, he said, clearly not remembering how that always goes very wrong. Very poorly. Are we doing um, Megamorphs 1? I don't know. Sounds like a Megamorphs 1 premise. I don't know. I can't believe he said that on the phone also. The smell of green peppers fills the kitchen. You watch your mom chop. She makes her own pizza, and it's the best in town. Was she a controller? Did we know? I think she is. She must be, right? Can we have sausage on it, you ask? Mom grins. Sure, it's Saturday. Let's live a little. (laughs) You reach into the refrigerator for a soda and flash. The heat presses against your skin. You hear the call of birds and insects. Guess what book we're doing now? Oh, no. It's 11. The Forgotten. I definitely. Okay. So when I read this as a kid, I started it and I was like, this is making canon seem fake. That I threw it away. So I definitely didn't get this far, and it's very exciting. Okay. This is a t- Why hey, are we, so we did not Im- we did not improve on the invasion, but we might be able to improve on the forgotten. Well, maybe Tobias didn't get trapped. Yeah. Okay. You hear the call of birds and insects. Where did you guys go, Rachel asks. And where are we, Cassie wonders. And why don't I have shoes, Marco asks. Flash. 
And a nice green salad, Mom finishes. I have to sneak something healthy in there. Your hand is cold. You look at the sweat beating up on the can. Whoa, what was that about? It was so real. The heat had been just as intense as the cold in your fingers right now. Can you hand me that garlic, Mom asks. You nod and reach for a garlic bulb in a bowl on the counter. You hand it to Mom and flash! (laughs) Really? A monkey morph? Marco says, lifting an eyebrow. Listen, I've been a gorilla. That would be quite a demotion, don't you think? Marco, I'm just wondering... (laughs) Okay. Marco, I'm just wondering, Rachel says, her hands on her hips. Do you always have to make things difficult? Is it like your hobby? It's my life, Marco says. Flash. Would you do me a favor and pick some basil off the plant? Mom asks. Sweetie, are you okay? I'm okay, you say. But you're not. Something is really, truly wrong. And you have to find out what. It sounds like a Sario rip, Jake says wordly, knowing what that is for reasons. Maybe they already did 11. This is like like 11B. But there's no X. No, I'm sure they rescued X. Yeah. Oh, okay. You've been on many missions now. Okay. Uh, John suggested maybe the missions that weren't worth writing about in the books. Oh. Yeah, that's (laughs) Those are the ones that you come from. You were on. Great. I'm not a useful person. (laughs) You've ridden as fast as you can on your bike to Jake's house. Because you don't want to morph a bird, I guess. You have only have half an hour before dinner. Axe is there, too, and he looks just as worried as Jake. He'd been eating his very first licorice whip. When did we get an axe? In Are one they, of the missions but that was... My thing is, if you, like, the way that this has been described, right, is uh-huh. a, like, you could pick this up, right, and even if you uh-huh. had read the Animorphs. Is, can you? Oh, uh, well, I guess the, the intro, right, yeah. It was all about, yeah. like, this is what is happening. So then, at some point, uh, you know, 73 pages into the book, they're just like, also, oh, there's an Let's hope that you've read the first 10 Animorphs books now. Yes. I mean, honestly, if you hadn't, why would you still be reading this book? <laughs> Right. It's not a very good no, choose your own adventure. Not good. So. Okay. All right. Uh, Axe is there too, right? He'd been eating his very first licorice whip, which is very exciting for him. He'd been, re- he'd been really enjoying it. Sure. But he stopped when you blurred out your story. Not again, he says. <laughs> no, not again, Prince Jake. This is not good. What's a Sario rip, you ask? Are you sure it was a jungle, Jake asks, instead of answering you. It's going to get you to the same place. Or was it a rainforest? Sario rips only work on rainforests. Why would it take you to a jungle again? It didn't make sense the first time. Like I can tell the difference, you ask? You're starting to feel impatient. Jake turns to Axe. But I reversed the rip. How can this happen? Axe shrugs and begins to chew on the end of the licorice. I don't know. When they taught about Sario rips in class, I was not paying attention. attention. Jake finishes impatiently. (laughs) I know. Young Andalite females can do that, Axe says, indulging in compulsive heteronormativity. Can can distract you, I guess. Young Andalite females can do that, Axe says. He slurps up another inch of licorice, showing uncharacteristic restraint. This tastes red. Red. Tastes red. Red. Cherry, Jake says absently. It's cherry flavored. Will somebody please fill me in, you demand. Mm-hmm. A Sario rip. You is the worst. <laughs> you is I mean, that's fair. I would want to be filled in too. A Sario rip is like a hole in space time, Jake explains. We've all experienced it, except I'm the only one who remembers it. That's because I died back there, but not in this time. So I was able to come back. One of the many times that Jake's died. Wait, oh, so thanks, are you, you going to have to die in order to get through the end of this book? <laughs> I mean, you might have I to. Wow, wow, that would be a bummer. 
Oh, thanks, you say. That clears it up. Totally. The thing is that Axe said, you need some sort of huge explosion to blow you back, Jake says worriedly. I guess maybe it hasn't happened yet. Terrific, you say. Something to look forward to besides pizza. Nuclear annihilation. Unless we're in a rip right now, Axe puts in. A rip within a rip. (laughs) (laughs) So every time rip is in there, it's italicized. It's great. Jake frowns. What does that mean? What does that mean? It could be his first shrug because he looks surprised at the motion. He does it again for practice. John points out that a rip within a rip is a pocket rip. (laughs) No! Everybody drink. Okay. I do not know. I am just guessing. Want some licorice? He said with uncharacteristic generosity. He holds a piece out to you and flash. Now do I choose something? No. Is it just a coincidence that every time you reaches for food, you get the, the flash? Good question. I think I'm onto something here. <gasps> Food-related Sario rip. <clears throat> it was a pizza explosion. I was going to say something exploded <laughs> in the pizza. Chapter 17. It was all the garlic. The trees soar above your heads. Mm-hmm. The leaves make a canopy so dense it blocks out the sky. The heat presses against your skin. Whoa! Jake cries. What's going on? Wait, you say. You mean you know you're here with me? <laughs> It's the same place, Jake says, spinning around. What? Hang on. What? He darts through the trees, and you and Axe follow. You stop abruptly when Jake does, bumping into him. In a small clearing is a bug fighter. It is scorched and trashed, as though it had crash-landed. This is totally freaked, Jake whispers. I'll say, a voice says. It's Rachel, who steps through the trees, Cassie and Marco at her side. Where did you guys go? And where are we, Cassie asks. And why don't I have shoes? Marco asks glumly, staring at his bare feet. Wait, I've been circling above. I don't above. know how they got there. No. Okay, great. But all I see is a green canopy of trees, Tobias says in thought speak. He swoops down and lands on a tree trunk. I'd say we're in a rainforest. I can try to see if there's a city or village nearby. There's no city, Jake mutters. <laughs> Pray tell, how do you know, oh fearless leader? Marco asks. I just do, Jake says. He frowns. The first thing we have to do is take the onboard navigating computer. Visser 3 will be coming back for the bug fighter. How do Wait, you know this stuff? Wasn't Cassie that the asks. mistake before? The last thing I remember, I was on the bug ship. We were shooting Dracon beams at Visser 3. It's a Sario rip, Jake says. Quickly, he summarizes what has happened. <laughs> How? Unfortunately, I don't know. <laughs> we don't get brought into the summary. <laughs> we don't get the summary. <laughs> do not know what it's is happening. Just okay. So, how do we get back? Cassie asks. You can tell she's trying not to look scared. I'm not sure, Jake admits. Last time, I had to die. I don't especially want to do that again. (laughs) Just wait. Are you all thinking what I am thinking? Axe suddenly asks. Marco rolls his eyes. What are the odds of that? Think about it, Prince Jake. Axe continues. You have been given a second chance. And by you, I mean Prince Jake, not you. (laughs) Last time, you made mistakes. What I mean to say is, you made good decisions, but things went wrong. Did they? Thanks for trying to make me feel better, Axe, but you were right the first time, Jake says wryly. We walked right into Visser 3's trap. But this time, we will not walk into the trap, Axe points out. We know what is wrong to do. Now we must do what is right to do. (laughs) You're right, Axe, Jake says excitedly. We've been given a second chance. And the first thing we should do is not take the onboard computer. (laughs) Can you just disable it instead? Make it look like it happened in the crash? But be sure that they can fix it. That will slow them down while we follow through on a plan. Wait, Joyce has a question. 
Is Axe using regular human speech in the physical book, or is it just the PDF? Nope, he is using human speech. Okay. He's still in human morph from the licorice. Oh, okay, okay. But that doesn't really make sense because everyone else is zapped in. zapped suddenly there and there was no No, but they weren't zapped suddenly there because Cassie was just on a bug fighter. So okay. it's like Axe and Jake came through oh, with you. with you. <laughs> it doesn't what? make sense. I'm so sorry for your pain. Oh, um, <laughs> I can do this, Prince Jake, Axe says, nodding. He takes off for the bug fighter. What plan, Marco asks. Call me crazy, but I have a feeling I'm not going to like this. Yeah. It's simple, Jake says. We're going to sneak on board the blade ship. No. Already I don't like it, Marco interrupts, groaning. Me too. And destroy mm. Visser 3, Jake says grimly. No, bad idea. Then we'll recreate the rip How? and get back to our own time. How will that work? Wait, why are they Sounds like Visser a good 3? plan, Rachel okay. agrees. Especially the destroy Visser 3 part. But if you go back then to your own time, I think he's still around. Of yeah. course, you'd think time. so, Marco says. What do you need morphing ability for? You're already an animal. Uh, the question shut is... Up, Marco. What should we morph? Cassie asks. Oh, we finally get a choice, huh? We have to get through the rainforest. And we're barefoot. How about monkeys? Really, a monkey morph? Marco says, lifting an eyebrow. Listen, I've been a gorilla. <laughs> that would be quite a demotion, don't you think? Marco, I'm just wondering, Rachel says, her hands on her hips. Do you always have to make things difficult? Is it like your hobby? It's his life, you say. Marco gives you a strange look. I was going to say that. I know, you say. <laughs> Come on, guys, Jake says. We have decisions to make. We have to acquire morphs that will help us cope with the rainforest. But we also need morphs that will help us sneak aboard the blade ship. And we might need the help of that tribe you met last time, Axe says as he reappears. You said they were pretty helpful against the hork bajir You meaning Jake, not you. What about using an ant morph again, you suggest? <laughs> no. You point to a tree. How could you? I read about, I read about those ants. They're called parasol ants. No. They can climb hundreds of feet. And we'd be so small we can sneak onto the bug fighter with no problem. That's true, Cassie says reluctantly. No way I'm being an ant again, Marco says, shuddering. That was the worst. You all begin to argue about what morphs to acquire. But you're running out of time. You might only have time for one morph. You choose a monkey, a parrot, a parasol ant. Oh, man. Okay, let's see what the people are saying. You guys, I really don't want to be an ant. <laughs> they're all very. They're all saying that no one likes you, that you is the friend no one invites to parties. Yeah, you is terrible. <laughs> John says parrot. And no one else is saying anything. They don't care what you morph. This just says trust Jake. That's... Oh, what did Jake want to do? Yeah. <laughs> Last thing we heard from Jake. Fruit says ant because everyone hates you. Was, says parrot. We morph. have to acquire morphs that will help us cope with the rainforest, but we also need morphs that will help us sneak aboard the blade ship. That's okay. what Jake said. Well, I trust you. That's not actually advice. <laughs> okay, Lauren says monkey. Timberwolf okay. says parrots and monkeys are both great. Polar Geist says ant because they want to see the inevitable suffering. No. <laughs> okay. Joyce points out it was parrot in 11, but so many bad things happened in 11. Good point. Katie says do not morph ant. Yeah. <laughs> All good advice. Thank you. How about let's do m monkey. All right. Okay. All right. Going for monkey. That's the next page. Oh, great. I'm worried. <laughs> I made okay. this far without dying. I'm very proud of all of us. <laughs> 
Good luck. You'd felt out of place in the rainforest. First of all, the bugs alone are enough to send you screaming toward the horizon. Accurate. If there'd been a horizon. (laughs) But once you morph a monkey, you discover that the vines you thought of as choking off air and light are, well, like monkey bars. Which gives you a chance to use what must be the coolest tail in the universe. Because you've definitely never seen an andalite. Cooler than mine, actually. And the likes of this can have stinger tails instead of blade tails, which That's... is significantly less cool. Yeah, okay. Sorry, Axeman, Marco tells him. Way cooler. You all scamper up trees, grab vines, and swing. Could an Andalite swing? Like, their tails are very strong and, like, but they're not bendy. Well, no, because they can use them to fight. Yeah, so, sweet. could an Andalite swing through the trees, like, Horkature style with their tail? Would the tail wrap around a tree branch to let it you, swing, or would it like you'd have to like inst- like uh, you know hit it real like hard, stab it? You and may then have swing. made the wrong choice. I'd like to read you a selection from Parrot that uh, Joyce has sent us. Uh-huh. Now, this isn't like being a falcon and soaring with the thermals. You really have to work. Well, work it, girl. Marco teases. Oh no! How do you know I'm a girl? Jake asks. <laughs> because that red tail is so adorable. Marco answers. Oh no! <laughs> Thank you for reading, for sending that to us. Fixing Grace errors, missing out on that. Oh, Marco, so Jake, moment. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Probably they'll be immediately here. before all the parents uh, they die. All die, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Okay. Uh, you all scamper up trees, grab vines, and swing. You reach the high branches and just let yourself go out into space, and you catch a branch with your tail. Okay. There's some sound effects here. Yes. Kiki chuck a you swing past Rachel. How come I keep... It's really a step 10 to get the sound effects. Okay. You swing past Rachel, grab a branch with your hand, hang in midair a minute, launch yourself toward a vine. You bare your teeth at her. She's familiar with this, having many teeth herself. Yeah. Kiki-chi-chi! <laughs> I can do that, Rachel calls. Uh-huh. She means bare her teeth. She grabs the same vine, swings over, and lands on your branch. She bares her teeth at you, too! Thank you. Uh, guys, can you stop playing for a minute? Tobias sits on a branch near you. He sounds almost sulky. Shouldn't we be following through on our plan? Poor Tobias. Yeah, maybe. He can't morph yet. Maybe. Did he get stuck in the first place? I don't even know. Marco swings back and forth on a vine. Who needs a plan? Forget Visser 3. This is like being a six-year-old forever, only with no school. That is kidding, correct? Axe asks. (laughs) It's kidding, Jake tells him. That's what you think, Marco says. Shh, Cassie says. I think I hear something. Then you hear it, too. Some creatures are crashing through the underbrush. I bet that's our search party, Jake says. There's a human controller leading them, Tobias says from his high branch. I'll get closer. With a flap of wings, Tobias takes off. A human can tell what creatures don't belong here, Jake says. Tobias, stay out of sight. I just want to see how many... Whoa! Dracon beam, Tobias shouts. I think he saw... Tobias? Rachel says frantically. Oh, no. You all exchange worried glances. You take off, grabbing vines and branches and swinging through the trees. Before it was a game. Now it is life or death. Oh, no. You see Tobias ahead. He has been caught in a net. He's been hit by a dracon beam. Oh, no. Tobias, Rachel cries. I'm singed, but okay, he answers. I just can't get out of this net. Rachel goes into action. Yay. She launches herself out into midair and grabs a vine. She swings over and lands on Tobias's branch. Using her sharp teeth, she begins to shred the net while she pulls it apart with her hands. That's no monkey, the human controller shouts. A dracon beam explodes near Rachel. Like, it explodes? Okay. You need to cover her. You swing over and begin to chatter, trying to draw the horkbajir's fire. You grab a vine and swing right by a horkbajir. He slashes in the air after you, but you're gone. That one, the little one, get him. Oh no. 
Cray. Oh no! Oh no! A dragon explodes near you, felling a tree in half. Before you can scamper up the next tree or grab a vine, another one explodes. (gasps) This one gets you, and you fall. Oh no! Straight onto the lethal blade of a horkbajir. Oops. Bad morph. Go back to page 78 and try again. Oh no, I can't believe I died. (laughs) All right, so now your choices are parrot or parasol ant. Let's do the parrot so we can get the good Marco and Jake (laughs) Marco. We're doing parrot. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, bad morph. (laughs) Seriously, what are these books? Your options are good job you morph properly or you die. Yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. Sorry, R.I.P. <laughs> nice, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> uh, good joke. All right. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. Chapter 19. You don't have the same wing strength as a bird of prey, but at least you can fly. The parrot morph allows you to soar just underneath the upper canopy. Your green feathers offer camouflage. I like this morph, Cassie says. I really feel like I belong here. As long as Tobias doesn't eat us for lunch, Marco says, dipping under a tree branch and then soaring upward. I'm sure getting a workout, Jake says. This isn't like being a falcon and soaring with the thermals. You really have to work. Well, work it, girl, Marco teases. (laughs) How do you know I'm a girl, Jake asks. Because that red tail is so adorable, Marco answers. Everyone laughs, and it comes out in parrot speak. (laughs) It feels good to laugh, even if you're doing it with a thick, curved beak. Pipe down, you guys, Tobias warns. I see them. Tobias has been flying ahead of the group. With his superior eyesight and wing power, he is able to see the Hork-Bajir from far away. They're destroying everything, Tobias suddenly shouts. Must have gotten bored just looking. They're slashing and burning. Okay, fade back, Tobias, Jake warns. We'll take over. They just killed a sloth and her babies, Tobias continues. For nothing. Those murderers. Now, Tobias, Jake shouts. In another moment, you see a blur of brown feathers. Tobias drops onto a branch. They're killing everything that moves, he says in disbelief. That is what the Yurks are best at. Max says quietly. You leave Tobias behind and fly ahead. You hear the Horkbajir before you see them. Dracon beams sizzle. The smell of burnt things fills the air. You hear the cries of what sounds like thousands of birds, fellow creatures trying to flee. Guys? It's Rachel who has spurted ahead, her wings just a blur of motion. I think I see something. Look down by that weird tree. Gee, thanks, Rach. That really narrows it down, Marco says. (laughs) The one with the roots, Rachel says impatiently. The one with Again, the roots. Not useful. <laughs> I love Rachel. They are trees. You look down. You see nothing. Just branches and leaves. But then the leaves move, and you see a person concealed behind them. He is holding a spear. And then you see another and another. You found the tribe. They're spying on the Horkbajir, Cassie whispers. It's funny how sometime, you sometimes feel a need to whisper, even though you're talking in thought speak. I have a plan, Jake says. Follow me and do what I do. He swoops down and lands on the shoulders of one of the tribe. They are men and boys, all with dark hair and alert dark eyes. They are wearing something that looks like a diaper made out of leaves. You swoop okay. down on another shoulder. <laughs> Rachel follows. Then Cassie, Marco, Axe, Tobias flutters down and lands on a low branch. The tribe does nothing. They don't even move a muscle. But you see every pair of eyes turn to one man. He is either your age or your grandfather's. It's hard mm-hmm. to tell. Cassie, Jake says, you morph. 
Cassie doesn't even ask why. She flies to the center of the clearing. You wonder why he's chosen Cassie. (laughs) But as Cassie begins to morph, you understand. Cassie can control her morph so that she changes gracefully. She isn't scary. She's beautiful. She retains her bright feathers as she grows. She changes her face first, so at first she's a bird girl. Her tail retracts, but her feathered wings still flutter. Slowly her feathers turn to smooth skin, starting with her feet and slowly moving up her body. Again, the tribe doesn't move. They don't raise their spears. Espirito, the leader says. He called her a spirit, Marco translates. Cassie, nod, Jake directs. Cassie nods. She holds out her arms as though she is gathering the tribe to her. It is a welcoming gesture. You realize she is telling them not to be afraid. Can they use the universal symbols of thought speech? <laughs> now draw a hork with a stick, Jake tells her. <laughs> Cassie bends over and draws the hork in the dust. It's not a great drawing, but the hork are pretty distinctive. Diablo, the leader says. Devil, sure. Marco says. Cassie nods. Now draw the blade ship, Jake directs. They need to understand that we have to get aboard. Cassie draws the blade ship. <laughs> they understand she points that to herself <laughs> and the ship. Then she points to the leader and stabs the hork with her stick. The leader grins. He throws the spear. Cassie! Rachel <laughs> cries. But the spear just misses Cassie and lands at her feet, straight into the center of the hork drawing. Cassie smiles. The leader smiles. You all say, ka, 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 rip, rip. <laughs> I'm so glad we got Ted to do some of the sound yeah, effects. Sound effects. <laughs> Cassie needs time to recover from her morph, so you all rest in human form. With a combination of signs and pointing, Cassie has arranged to meet up with the tribe again, just as dusk falls. Your parrot morph was successful. You met up with the tribe and escaped the notice of the hork But you need another morph oh, to sneak no. aboard the blade ship. You choose chameleon, oh. poison arrow frog, Ooh. or jaguar. Oh my gosh, fun. Okay, specifically to sneak on board the blade ship? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Like the I think Marco doesn't. John wants to know if Marco speaks Spanish. Why use signs and pointing? I think he doesn't. He speaks like fifty words of Spanish. Because Marco's an ugly morpher. They would totally spear him before he was done demorphing. Yeah, that's the. Reason. Oh, everyone says frog so far. I have four votes for really? frog. But chameleons. It's unanimous. Like, but like Ella says, froggy. Do the it's cuter. You know, blend into the background thing. It's true. It's true. Well, anyone? Anyone want chameleon? Aaron points out, if you're correcting the mistakes of the Forgotten, what is least like the choice they made? <laughs> okay, so they chose it, it really is unanimous for frog. Okay, let's do but frog. It's, but do you trust them? I mean... I trust them. Joyce <laughs> hasn't chimed in, so we yeah. really don't know. Until Joyce oh, said. Yeah. Frogs are cool. All right, let's... How can you argue? Do the Turn to page 110. Oh, okay. no. We're gonna die. That's so close to the end. Maybe you'll just make it out. Okay. The poison arrow frogs are a good cover. With your powerful hind legs. I miss when we were just replacing everything with giraffe. <laughs> you could have morphed giraffe here. With your powerful hind legs, you leap through the rainforest to the site of the blade ship. No, they live in elevators. You lurk beneath a bush, waiting for Tobias's signal. They've started fighting, Tobias says. Where are you? I can't see you. To the right of the blade ship, you say is totally clear. That is not a useful direction. <laughs> Underneath that bush with the pointy leaves, Cassie adds. Also not a useful direction. Clearly not, because Tobias says, I still can't see you, and I can't find Mr. Three. He could be in a new morph. Watch, you say. You hop out a few feet into the clearing. Okay, got you, Tobias says. You'd better circle to the other side. There's Horkbajir in your vicinity. You hop back. Together with the others, you make your way around the ship. Around you, 
can hear the Horkbajir crashing through the rainforest. Every so often, you hear the sizzle of dracon beams. Apparently, I'm very inconsistent with how I say that. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> it begins to rain. You're thirsty, and your frog brain clamors for water. Oh, no. You hop forward and stick out your tongue. That's probably not how frogs get water, right? Oh, no. The water feels cool. You swallow gratefully. The rain feels good, you say. What rain, Tobias asks. Oh, no. A brownish, greenish creature suddenly detaches itself from a tree. It appears to have no bones, but at the end of its five arms are are sprinkler-like holes. They are spraying you with water. It's a behion, Axe cries. Look out for its... A three-foot-wide, sticky pink tongue suddenly shoots out of the creature's mouth. It laps you up like cream. Okay, I'm so sorry. You thrash about, but you can't escape as the tongue shoots you backward into the waiting mouth. Frog's legs. Delicious, Visser 3 says. I hope I poison you. And slurp. You're finished. Oops. Try again. Back to page 100. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for that. Chameleon. Advice. Okay. Although I don't know if chameleons, like, hang out. Page 100 is definitely not right. (laughs) <laughs> Those choices are hyena, canine, dog, or giraffe. No, we have to go all the way back. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to say no. Let's see. Um, oh, okay. Going back to page 88, in fact. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, chameleon. You want to go with chameleon? I want to go with chameleon. Chameleon? Okay. Yeah, because we want to sneak onto a thing. All right. <laughs> First, your skin turns green. Okay. Are we Martians or reptiles? Marco is just Shut able up, to get out <laughs> before he's unable to speak. The rest of his complaint sounds like, ah, ah. <laughs> I love this tail, Cassie thought speaks. You know what she means. A chameleon's tail is almost like a monkey's, curled and strong. You roll your eyes. One goes left, the other right. You can get a 180-degree view without turning your head. You follow behind the others as you make your way to the perimeter of the landing site. Okay. Remember, when you see Visser 3 in the window of the blade ship, it's only a decoy, Jake says. That's what he did in the last Saria Rift. So all we have to do is come to the ship from behind. And meanwhile, the tribe will cover us with a diversion. If all goes as planned, you say. Which it never does, Marco adds. <laughs> the tribe is in place, Tobias tells you. Visser 3 is in Lurdathak mode. I can see the vines moving. Jake has told you about Visser 3's morph. The Lurdathak is as tall as a tree, has hundreds of vine-like tentacles... They can strike like whips and squeeze all the breath out of you. Then the Lurdathak can just pop you in its cavernous mouth like good and plenty. It's an experience <laughs> you're happy to nice skip. Nice candy choice. <laughs> it's dusk, Cassie observes. Time for the tribe to attack. Your coloring protects you as you scurry along the floor. You belong in the forest, or part of the forest. You can hear the sound of hork in the distance, but you are quick and agile, unafraid. You let the chameleon's instincts take over. Because if you let your human mind start to think, it will fill up with fear. You are running toward Visser 3, not away from him. The tribe is attacking. Tobias, the lookout, tells you. <laughs> they keep melting back into the forest. The hork are going crazy. Get onto the blade ship, Tobias, Jake urges while he runs. Do it. You are running flat out now. A chameleon can't run very fast. Not as fast as a jaguar. Oh, no. But you reach the oh, no. burned out clearing. The blade ship looms ahead. Jake goes first. Then Rachel. One by one, moving as fast as you dare, but keeping to the dark green shadows, you approach the huge black ship. The gangway is down. You all scamper up it, then keep to the sidewalls of the ship. Tobias? Jake asks. I'm here. 
up high in the rafters. Yay! Rafters! You, you roll your eyes up. <laughs> you just barely make out Tobias. On the I can't charming, believe you only barely make out with Tobias in the this book. <laughs> the charming old forest wood rafters of the Blade Show. You're all changing color, style. Tobias observes. You're getting darker. May I make a suggestion, Prince Jake? Axe says. Perhaps we should scatter. One chameleon might have wandered aboard, but not six. Yeah. Good point, Jake agrees. Let's five. find separate positions. About five. <laughs> we have to wait until the ship goes back to the same space position and fires its rockets. Then we should land back in our own time. What about Visser 3? Axe asks. That being the way when do we destroy him? Rachel asks. <laughs> Shouldn't we pick a place to hide where we can morph into something really dangerous? We can take him by surprise. Jake hesitates. Wasn't that the plan? Rachel asks urgently. Oh, oh, Rachel. I'm not sure now, Jake says. It might be too dangerous. Maybe we should just let Visser 3 blast us back into our own time. But we'll lose our chance, Rachel argues. (laughs) I'm with Jake, Marco says. If we live, we can come back and fight another day. I'll go with whatever you all decide, Cassie says. If I can get a word in, Tobias says, this ship is constantly patrolled, and the bridge is full of taxons. We might be able to take down Visser 3 if we are incredibly lucky, but that doesn't mean we'll survive. Axe? Jake asks. Visser 3 killed my brother. He is my sworn enemy, Axe says. I will meet with him someday. It may not be today. I will follow your decision, Prince Jake. I wish you didn't say that, Jake groans. Oh, poor Jake. It's this Saria rip that's complicating things, you say. We don't know if we'll make it back. We don't know if we're part of someone's memory. If we kill Visser 3 now, (laughs) in this time, what happens to us in real time? You am the worst. (laughs) (laughs) This is way too confusing, Cassie sighs. I need a nap, Marco says. And I haven't said that since I was three years old. That seems very unlikely. Yeah. Let's hide, Jake says finally. We still have time to decide. Time is running out for Visser 3. He can't afford to chase that tribe around the forest any longer. The six of you melt behind a console. You space yourselves apart, but within thought-speaking distance. Leave them! A terrible voice invades your head. If you had hands, you'd put them over your ears. When Visser 3 talks in thought-speak, it feels as though your whole brain shudders. Leave them behind, Visser 3 continues. He is back in Andalite morph. It is not the punishment those Andalites deserve, but it will have to be enough. Visser 3 places himself in one of the chairs on the bridge. Now take off, you worthless slime, he says to the taxon captain. Uh, what a good boss. <laughs> a message crackles over the communication system. Bugfighter ready for takeoff. So take off, fool, Visser 3 roars in thought speak. You can feel the great ship rise, but you can't see anything. You feel a burst of optimism. It feels like the first step toward home. Axe, keep track of the time for us, Jake advises in private thought speak. I will, Prince Jake, Axe says. But there is no telling when Visser 3 will order the double blast. The bugfighter and the blade ship have to intersect those dracon beams. Perhaps they have already agreed on a coordinate. There is no way of knowing. Which means, Rachel says... That if we do want to attack Visser 3, oh, we better do it soon. All right, Jake That's says. A terrible idea. Maybe we should. Surrounded by He Tyson. is cut off by the bleeding of Visser 3 shouting, No! <laughs> the blast rocks you. Flash! You're in the front quad outside school. You're wearing a sweater you haven't worn since last year. Ahead of you is the bus stop. You see Patrolman Teeter directing traffic. He retired last summer. <laughs> You turn. Oh, no. Rachel is back on the steps of school. 
Her hair is a good four inches shorter. What? She touches it, frowning. She wore it that way last year. You've gone back in time like you should have, but you've overshot your time. Oh, what? You're a year too early. End of chapter. Okay. Now were there two of you? (laughs) What's going on, you say? This isn't a flashback. It's going on too long. But it doesn't feel real either. Oh, man, Marco says. Does this mean I have to go through homeroom with Ms. Petalowski again? Something's wrong, you say. Just then, a car pulls up to the curb. A window slides down. Marco's mother waves at him. What are you doing here, Mom? He says. You've been dead for a year. Hi, honey. Thought I'd give you a ride. Next to you, Marco has gone completely still. His mother is dead and has been for at least a year before this flashback. That's what everyone thinks anyway. Only you, Jake, and Axe... Know that Marco's mother was taken over by the Yerks. She is Visser 3's rival, Visser 1. Marco takes a step forward. He moves stiffly, like he's frozen. You can see tears in his eyes. His mom is so alive. A breeze. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty binary thing. Oh, my God. It would have been, been perfect if it had said, his mom is alive, right? But his mom is so, so alive. alive. It's ridiculous. Alive is also in italics. <laughs> so, so alive. alive. <laughs> exactly. A oh, breeze Eva. lifts her heavy, dark hair. Her hand rests on the open window. I'm not sure how... It, I guess I'm... I don't know. Her wedding ring glints in the sun. It's it's like a mime. She rested on the open window. (laughs) Her wedding ring glints in the sun. Come on, slowpoke, she teases. Have you got lead in your shoes? (laughs) Mom, Marco whispers. We know where Marco gets his sense of humor. (laughs) I'm sorry. Mom, Marco whispers. Marco's mom swings the door open and steps out onto the curb. It is as though everything is in slow motion. You are shocked to see her alive and warm and happy. Not cold, anyway. So it takes she's you longer so alive, than Jenny. Sad. That she's warm. So it takes you longer than it should to see the pit bull. The what? It runs across the grass toward her. Then you hear the voice that haunts your nightmares. I will end it here. What? Marco, you cry. It's Visser 3. Marco starts to run, but you know in a split second that you can't fight this dog. Not as a human, anyway. He is too far away. You have only seconds, which is a shame because it takes at least a minute to morph. You have to try a morph. You choose. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, <laughs> wait so wait. your plan? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold on. Okay. This is a good ending. <laughs> Vincer, first of all, I don't know what would have happened if we went with Jaguar. <laughs> this is slander against pit bulls. Mm, well, I think this is Visser three is a pit bull. But yes, you're right. You're Visser three right. is Everyone the pit wants bull. Wants you to morph giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the options are hyena, canine, unit dog, or giraffe. FYI for the <clears throat> yeah. But Visser, okay, so Visser three is the pit bull. Yes. Who is his mom? Visser one. No, but 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 her, she's been dead for a year. Well, I think that they forgot that it was two years before the start that started the Animorphs, so when they put them back a year, they're like, oh, she'll be alive. So it's just before her disappearance. Okay, so this is just an editorial issue yes. that, that she's yes. alive. So it's she's not actually, actually her. It's, it's not, not a not surprise that... for anyone in this time to see no, her alive. No, no, no. no. So I, think this is, I think that this is, I think this is, I think this is Visser <laughs> no. 1 appearing and Visser 3 trying to 
kill Visceral well, yes. One as a pit bull? Well, yes, okay. but this is bef- this is when she's a controller but hasn't disappeared yet. They no, just I, got their timeline okay. wrong. I see. Okay. I th- it's I possible. Uh, my brain hurts. Well, what else would it be? No, I think you're right. Okay. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because it would have been had to be four years earlier if it was just the mom. Um, okay, so hyena, canine, but dog, or The plan giraffe. is to morph yeah. in front of both Visser 1 and Visser 3. <laughs> you're going to get you yes. all killed, you. <laughs> and then fight Shame a on you. pit bull yes. to save Visser 1 slash Marco's mom. Or Marco? Is this is he trying to attack Visser One or Marco? Well, Marco is running after the dog, but I think the dog is uh, after Visser One because I think this is <laughs> I think Visser Three. <laughs> you decided... actually can picture that. Yeah, it's not that option. <laughs> Visser Three, instead of being like, "Let's just fix the Sarah Rip," was like, "I'm going to go back in time and kill Visser One before she messes with all my plans and like freeze the Andalites in space and stuff." Huh? I assume is what happened here. It's a great plan. There totally makes is sense. so little explanation for any of these Accurate. things that I am deeply This is a very, about. very bad book, just in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, giraffe, please. Giraffe. Yeah. Great. It's the only option. I mean, yeah, it's true. Idea. I'm glad everyone was behind that I mean, obvious I guess it could be a ferret decision. and then just call it a well, giraffe. Well, it could have been a hyena. <laughs> okay. Remember. Let's see remember, how this goes. Okay. The timeline, the timeline is seconds. Just, just want to remind you that as we go into chapter 25. Less than a minute. You leap behind a tree to accomplish your giraffe morph. Your How legs, is a tree going to help? Your legs grow so rapidly that you crack your head on a branch. Oh, concussion. Your neck stretches. Your skin is patterned with tan and brown. With a clatter of hooves, you take off toward Marco's mother. Well, that was mother. very, very fast. You are there in three powerful strides. Giraffes are peaceful creatures. Patrolman Teeter is stunned to see one appear. <laughs> But he doesn't go for his gun. He would never shoot a giraffe. (laughs) You turn your back to the dog to give yourself greater kicking power. He launches himself at you, but he can only reach your leg. You shake him off. You pull back your leg and wham! You knock Visser 3 into next week. Poor pupper. Flash! Onions on it too? Mom asks you. She what? is stirring hey, a pot of tomato sauce at the kitchen stove. Did kicking Visser 3 reset the timeline? She turns when you don't answer. <laughs> Sweetie, do you want onions on the pizza? <laughs> sure, you say. Everything. But I have to go to Jake's for a minute. I forgot my homework. It's Saturday. What? Yeah, you say and run out. Ask him over for dinner, your mom yells as you hop on your bike. She ships you guys. You ride like the wind. You find Jake and Axe in the bedroom. Axe is only halfway through his licorice whip. You spill out your story. We were all there, Jake asks. And I knew I was in a second, sorry, a rip? You nod. And when we went back in time, Marco and I both knew we were in the wrong time. Marco knew his mother was dead. Gone. Whatever. Jake looks at Axe. Does any of this make sense to you? No. Axe chews on the licorice and swallows. <laughs> it really doesn't. No, except for the motive of Visser 3. Yeah, he manipulated fine. the Sario Rip to go back farther in time. I... He knew it would happen, Jake asks. <laughs> he was trying to kill his enemy's host before it became the host. What? Axe what? explains. What? <laughs> you see, some hosts are better than others. Obviously, uh... Visser 1 has found a host that has extraordinary abilities. I also guess that Visser 3 might have known you were aboard in some kind of morphs. That was a trap. Since he thinks you are Andalites, perhaps he thought he could send you back. That way, 
He would be prepared that first night when my brother Elfangor landed. He would make sure to kill you, or else you would not be there at all. What? Alter the past, alter the future. He was willing to take the risk. Jake groans. So I fell into another trap in the Amazon? Swell. I can't even be smart in someone else's Sario Rip. But no, this makes no sense. It turned out well, Prince Jake, Axe points out. Visser 3 was stopped by the giraffe morph. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, it's so worth it. That is why the whole thing... <laughs> you kicked him so hard. He went out. It's literally into next week. Escape velocity out of one rip, out of a second rip. Claire pointed out that a giraffe kick now canonically has the power of a spaceship explosion. <laughs> Go, everybody, you get a giraffe more right now. I just have to read that again. I'm sorry. Everyone's very into swell as an adjective. But it turned out well, Prince Jake, Max points out. Visser 3 was stopped by the giraffe morph. That is why the whole thing never happened. He returned to the original time of the rip so that he wouldn't be stopped. The good news is that Marco's mother was not killed. So Visser 1 is still Visser 3's enemy, which is good for us. To have them fighting for power distracts Visser 3. But I don't get it, you say. If I was in Visser 3's rip, why do I remember it? And why did you and Jake remember some of it back in the Amazon? Axe thoughtfully braids a licorice ribbon, then bites off a piece. Is that Andalite language? Jake asks. No, it is a mouthful of licorice. Axe responds. The answer is, I do not know. My guess is that there can be breaks in the rip. Like this. He holds up a braid of licorice. Light shines through the holes. No. I was not paying attention, though. Day Sario rips were taught, you finish. We know. Axe shrugs, showing off his understanding of human body language. Someday we might figure it out. But you are alive. You saved Marco's mother. That is the important thing. We have lived to fight another day. Axe is right, Jake tells you. You have to take what you can get these days. Worry about the things you can do something about. You're alive, and so are we. You know he's right. You have to take the moment. You're safe. You may not have killed Visser 3, but you're back in your own time. Alive. Oh, man. Jake puts his hand on your shoulder. Don't worry. There will still be more battles to fight. You grin. Don't worry. But first, you say, there's pizza. Oh, no. So, yeah, there's no congratulatory text. When you turn the page, you become Poison Arrow Frogs and then die. Oh, it doesn't say it's the end? It does not say it's the end. And there is no, like, the end. There's no the end. So, pizza! Congratulations, us. We did it! Yes, you know it's the end because pizza. Congratulations, Gray. You made it through with only, I think, two deaths. Two deaths. Okay. And, um. My brain hurts. <laughs> so I just that I, was really terrible. This are three. I loved a lot of things about the end it though. Was so deeply flawed. <laughs> like even even if it made sense to like go back farther uh-huh. in the past with this like new sorrow rep he's making. Sure. They went back a year. She was but, already controlled and she no, was already dead. But killing, and why would you want to kill the host? Right, killing her even if it was because it said she wasn't infested. Killing her before she becomes infested doesn't help him that much. No, because Mister no. like you Idris is still Mr. out there. One, right? Not the host. The host is helpful, yeah. but like not the reason. 
And also, it wasn't she wasn't even a voluntary host, so it's right. not like she's going to be helping much. Uh, so Gray, yeah, you didn't get to make a lot of choices in this. No, but, but I think we did well with the choices yes. we made. You guys, what would you have? Yeah, sure. This or three. Fix this IRS. You know they haven't. You know, <laughs> yes. Yes. It I actually think I think this? that Apple Grant's editor wrote this. Oh really? I do. Then why is it she wrote? She wrote dedicated for for Tonya, Tanya Alicia Martin who morphed this idea into reality. You should. I, I think she was the editor. Well, either that or their editor wrote Alternate Morphs too, but but I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, there's that nothing. There's no indication at the end. Appalling. Aaron, Aaron oh, points out that he died twice on the hyena canine giraffe choice when he read this 20 years ago. <laughs> so it's great that the giraffe became a meme because that meme saved you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so if you had oh been God. in this position, like uh-huh. forget the crazy jungle stuff, but sure. like if like would you, what choices would you have made? I mean, you wouldn't have gone through the construction site. I would have gone through the construction site. Uh, I think. But let's just say you're such an off-roading freak sure. that you had to. Um. I would have definitely gotten the hyena. That's a really mm-hmm. good battle morph. Somebody yeah. should get that. I'm going to add that to my list of okay. battle nice. morphs they should get. And I don't know, been less annoying. <laughs> you would have actually read the books. Yeah. It's clear that you had not read the books. I read the yeah, you needs to get their act together. All right, one other question, which is there is a second alternative morphs book. It is actually. Even wilder than this one. What? So I, what I want to what I want to hear from okay. you is like which books you think that they're going to riff on in the second alternative morphs, which oh. we may we may have to subject you to. Okay. Uh, uh, shoot. How about um, the one where uh, the starfish one, where she gets split in two. Love Do it. you get split into uh, annoying and not annoying? Yes, maybe. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> and um, wait, Claire wants to know: Is you the same character in Alternomorphs Two, or is it you too? Oh <laughs> uh, no, Claire. <laughs> um, we also had some confirmation that Tanya is, from John that Tanya is Applegate's editor. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Tanya. And yeah, Aaron says. Then why was it we, so we poorly a, edited? We owe her a debt of gratitude, though. <laughs> well, because the problem was that she wrote it, and she's she. <laughs> but she gave them. She gave them license to do whatever. That's true. That's true. Wild enough. stuff they wanted yep. in the yeah. actual series. So what's another good wild? Like I don't want to. Okay, so no, the the um, morphing allergy <laughs> one, um, that Rachel one, rather than the splitting in two, because that one was really oh, funny. Okay, with the Benny Hill soundtrack at the end. Yes, and maybe also. I'm trying to think of other like truly bananas. <laughs> there are so many. And the Helmicrons. Oh. Yes, I love the Helmicrons. I so definitely didn't read Alternators too, so I I have Helmicrons. no knowledge of what so actually happened. I definitely read it, but I don't own it. So I wonder if I read it like in the bookstore and then put it back. <laughs> As we want to do. In the yeah, time. we're gonna have to track down a copy of Alternators Two yeah. online because we definitely need the paper copy. Like it's oh yeah, fun no, it's so good. That. Yeah. Improbably, we've been live for two hours at this point. Great job, us. Wow. Exactly right. Well done. Thank you, everybody who joined us and gave me advice. This was Thank you so this. fun. I can't, Clearly, we're going to do this I can't again. wait to go through and read all the comments that yeah. I didn't get to see while I was reading. Um, I know. Um, all right. Well, all right. Yeah. This was too, so wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad you survived in the end. Yay. Despite your, Good your job, more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like and the animals. Everyone, was, everyone was actually so helpful. Yeah. Frog was the only real That was bad advice. Bad advice.
<laughs> I don't know, ferret? Uh, I mean, they went with giraffe instead of ferret, so that was, that was All right. good. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. Bye, See y'all. See you next time. If you want to find us, we are at anamorphology.com and at anamorphology on Twitter. Subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And don't forget to rate us, review us, and recommend us to your friends. And if you want to read along, you can find a link to the Anamorphs ebooks on our website. Okay, we're doing a new test with the gain at this level. Say some stuff, guys. Some stuff, guys. Some stuff, guys. You guys are so obedient. It's great. <laughs>